All right, just a little bit after 11 o'clock on Monday, May 18th, 2020. You're listening to Radio Orbit on KOPN Columbia 89.5 FM. My name is Mike Hagan. You can find us on the web at kopn.org. And for myself, www.mikehagan.com. Tonight we'll have two guests. First off, Mr. Matt Presti. We talk about coronavirus, COVID-19, and the implications outside of the medical realm. Next, we'll follow up with Chris Robinson. Chris is a licensed clinical social worker and an expert in nutrition, mental health, and the immune system. I'm not sure what we'll do for music as I'm sort of doing this on the fly, but I hope you enjoy the program. Back in a little bit. It's Mike. This is Radio Orbit, KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM. Let me mention to everyone that I'm here talking to Matt Presti. Matt is the, uh, the president of the University of Science and Philosophy. You can find him on the web at philosophy.org. And um, he's also the guy who pretty much single-handedly brought back the Walter Russell Museum in Waynesboro, Virginia. And uh, he's been on the program a number of times with me before. October of last year, I think, was the most recent uh, uh, chat that Matt and I had. But we've been friends for a long time, going back probably 15 years or so. But mm-hmm. anyway, it's great to chat with you again, Mr. Matt Presti. Good to have you here, brother. Mr. Hagen, always a pleasure. Always yeah. a pleasure. For sure. First time, first time we ever had to do it like this. Yeah, yeah, indeed. But, you know, a two-hour drive, it's, it's, you know, love to be in person, but I know you're, what, you guys are locked out of the studio. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, for you know. now, that's what, that, that's the way it is. But, you know, and for me, I, I, I'll be honest, I, I've had a hard time with regard to the radio show, like, mm-hmm. just, um, just doing it, to be honest, just right. uh, without, without being able to be at, I'm, I'm so used to going to the radio station and I have that atmosphere and I have that, you know how it is, you've been there. It's and, important, right. And, and I've never, I, I actually have a much greater appreciation now for the, uh, the podcast folks who I've had, I've had the benefit of a radio station for all these years and right. I, I, I've never had to just sit in front of my computer uh, with a microphone, you know, and then, and then kind of do it that way and then, and actually build the program, you know what I mean? Build a show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, this is sort of new for me and I'm, it's been a struggle, I'll be honest with you, but I'm getting better at it. And, uh, um, I'm trying to, trying to go with the, go with the punches like, like, like everybody has to right now. So, um, I guess that's probably going to be the, 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 uh, main focus of our conversation tonight. Of course, you and I can talk about whatever, but mm-hmm. the little coronavirus situation and the resulting actions that have been taken in a local, regional, national, global level, uh, in uh, with regard to uh, you know government protocols and 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 government dis- guidelines, recommendations, guidelines, power yeah. labs, all this stuff, right? So anyway, anyway, so um, what what I'd like to do is play for the audience the piece that you produced a week or two ago i'm not sure exactly mm-hmm. when it was but let's talk about that a little bit and tell people what it is and then we'll play it 
and then we'll come back and then you and me can chat a little bit about some of the things that, that, that were brought, brought to bear in your most recent sure. production. Okay. All right. So, so, uh, so Matt's a producer, he's a musician, he does audio, video, multimedia. He, the guy does a lot of stuff. He's a sound engineer, but most recently you made a production with regard to COVID and some of the things that we're going to be talking about. Let's, let, let's go there. Sure. Well, it's, uh, I like to write. I'm really into creative writing and my best writing comes around anytime between three and 6 AM. So that was one night I got up early and I just started writing and, uh, out came a, a, a little dissertation basically that, that I entitled death at freedom's door. And it's just really calling into question. You know, I, I, I would, I will look at a lot of news headlines and things like that from myriads of sites throughout the course of a day. And being president of the university, I had to follow closely all the guidelines in regards to the state of Virginia, the state of Missouri. As you know, I, I got a text from you when I was in Virginia and said, you know, you probably want to look at getting home soon. And that was a warning I took to heart because, uh, not too much after that, uh, it was getting very difficult to travel interstate wise. And, uh, you know, the fear was really uh, heavy at that time as well. But so a lot of the uh, creative writing that I've, I do reflects the state of the world. And, you know, I look at a lot of sites, a lot of news, I, I'm an information sponge. So I try to, you know, garner what I can out of the stories that I, I research and the different, you know, different discussions that are taking place between a lot of researchers that I respect as well, which are again, another myriad of people. And so I, I kind of take what I can out of that and put my own, you know, understanding together. And that, that is how I, I came to basically call into question whether the response is actually, uh, obviously it's a reaction as opposed to a response. A response is, is a level-headed way of approaching a situation where a reaction is an, it's an immediate uh, knee jerk as opposed to a well thought out plan of action. More an instinctual sort of. Yeah. And, and that's exactly how we responded in nine 11 uh, and, and the controllers, psychological controllers of this world. There are many, there's probably a thousand guys with notepads taking notes on how we're all, you know, reacted to this situation as well. So, if there's another, you know, and I'm not saying this is necessarily contrived or not, that's to be debated. But basically the, the, the video, the two part series, Death at Freedom's Door, part one and two, was produced to, you know, kind of create a discussion, at least in people's minds, as to whether this, this reaction is really worth the trading of freedom and liberty to, you know, safeguard ourselves. And it asks the question, you know, what will our epitaph read? We murdered freedom all in the name of safety. And so that pretty much encompasses it. And there's been a lot of really draconian things that have come out of this, but we can talk about that on the other side of the video. Yeah. All right. Uh, and again, for the, for the listeners and, or, or, or the people that are watching, if we end up ever putting this on the YouTube or something. And, and I also want to say that I mean, pretty much casual and not particularly professional about, these things that I'm doing right now because I'm doing it from the from the little living room of my apartment here in Columbia and I figure I'm just going to do it right off the cuff and be be real honest and straightforward about stuff I'm not going to edit 
much or anything like that. To be honest, I don't have time to. I realize right. I realize that trying to trying to put together a show that lasts three hours takes a lot longer than three hours. Anyway, so we're just going to be real straight from the hip here, and I'm not going to. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. And if I screw it up or whatever, it's the way it goes. So, all right. From Matt Presti, he's the president of the University of Science and Philosophy on the web at mattpresti, P-R-E-S-T-I dot com. This is Death at Freedom's Door. We'll come back and talk with Matt afterwards. It's Mike. You're listening to Radio Orbit on KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM and streaming on the web at kopn.org. Throughout history, mankind has been stripped of his freedom, fought bloody wars to regain its illusion, only to lose it due to his apathetic comfort, to again spill his best blood to reacquire its silver lining amid the fleeting concerns of the masses. Tyrants throughout history strip mine freedom and chip away at its foundation, one ice pick jab at a time, one after another, until he gets his prize, submission to his psychopathic will to power over others. This is just the beginning of the felt presence of tyranny, for it is not the tyrant who will punish those who are out of line, but rather one's own family, friends, and neighbors who will gladly rise to the occasion to carry out the greatest social good in the name of adherence to authority. The tyrant delights in his ability to simply express an order, no matter how grotesque, and know that formerly reasonable and upright people will carry out his will without question. Do you not see the chipping away of freedom taking place? Do you really believe you'll be given back the freedoms you've taken for granted after they have been taken from you? I've studied fear-based trauma-induced compliance for 20 years. It's my estimation that this particular Trojan horse is an identical psychological operation taking place using trauma and fear as its main driving components. Do you notice the glaring patterns of history being replayed yet again? Does 9-11 ring a bell? I haven't the space in this dissertation to express the many instances of fear triumphing over freedom. You may find countless examples in one history book after another. How many more lockdowns will occur this year or in the years to come? Will this become a yearly exercise until old age has accepted the iron cage of self-quarantine and all valor has wilted on the vine and in the hearts of free men? Will the sirens sound and like lemmings, we march into our homes and barricade the doors until the all clear is announced through your slave phone or surf tablet? Enter the bureaucrats, the experts, the drug pushers, those who know what is best for you and yours, 
more akin to used car salesmen, the overthrow of the herd through their unelected psychotic direction and manipulation is now at hand. The little man syndrome, in all its blatant psychopathic glory, has been laid bare for all to see, at least for those with eyes and a conscience to do so. The snitches are glorified, even rewarded. Please continue to let us know at coronavirus.lacity.org slash business violation. You know the old expression about snitches? Well, in this case, snitches get rewards. We want to thank you for turning folks in and making sure we are all safe. The police and military mobilized. The centralized power grab rises far faster than the cases of illness or even death. You now take your orders from the voice in the television. The still small voice in your head is smothered to death as you no longer recognize your own conscience, but rather that of the little man asking, how is your compliance going today? Are your chains comfortable? The Faustians have pulled off the greatest bait and switch ever attempted, and they did it without firing a single shot. The collective fear and shame of the people handed them the single greatest victory ever won without even so much as a single battle being fought on any field, anywhere. Pure genius. Even I stand in awe by this display as my friends pontificate in their grandstanding protestations. People should be punished for violating the orders of their new masters. The master-slave dynamic just blazed up like a tornadic inferno amidst the heat of midsummer, and it is showing no signs of abating anytime soon. Tyranny never rests whilst free men grow apathetic. Few will even notice that freedom has all but slipped away through their fingers as they espouse their duty to become one social organism acting and performing the same recommendations all together in this. Yet they are incapable of even a modicum of self-reflection. If one violates the will of those doing the recommending, fines and jail time will be their lot, and the people will cheer. How much longer until death squads take to the streets to control those pesky free thinkers who venture out from their homes? Fire up the furnaces, the mob now polices the world from the comfort of their collective living rooms. We should conform to the will of society, someone recently said. In truth, I am incapable of conforming to something I find to be profoundly sick, psychopathic, and incapable of logical and reasonable thought and feeling. To suggest otherwise is an affront to my soul. I will not comply. No. Freedom is not a feeling, rather it is an idea. This ages-old idea is what drives humanity forward, implanted in the hearts of men by the Creator itself. It cannot be halted, ever. There have always been those who delight in taking freedom away from their fellow man. Like wild animals, they will gnash their teeth and lick their claws for the once-in-a-lifetime chance to rip it from the breast of another. They believe that by killing the freedom of their fellow man, 
they are somehow strengthening their own, when in fact, are only fortifying their own chains. The slave must adhere to the master, and he will ensure that you do as well, even if it means your death for assurance to his own self-imposed bondage. And so, the tyrant must also hearken to his slaves. The reward is the mutual bondage of each to the other, a perpetual sickness wrought with misdeeds and vile torments, unworthy of the soul of a true human. Here is the list of what has already come from this plandemic. Suggestions of a digital currency and a one-world government. Forced vaccinations in order to reintegrate individuals safely back into society. Medical martial law. Draconian forced quarantine measures. Fines and jail time for violations of mere ever-changing recommendations, not laws. Mayors and governors usurping natural rights and liberties for enforced crackdowns. Closure of non-essential businesses without clear definition, such as gun stores and churches. Violations of the fundamental rights of American citizens. Violations of freedom of worship, speech, and the right to assemble and petition, especially regarding the Second Amendment. Lockdowns, shutdowns based on zero evidence, but that of the central authorities claims. Mass destruction of small businesses nationwide. Intermediate extended timeframes for quarantines by decree alone. Obliteration of the founding principles of liberty and natural rights enshrined in the United States Constitution, endowed by the creator of man. Facial recognition and biometric scanning technology implemented. Democrat communist agenda moving full steam ahead, modeled after communist China. Takeover of medical response systems worldwide through centralized government. Plutocratic and technocratic controls in full effect as smart city grids are implemented following Agenda 21. If we do not safeguard our liberties, then who will? There is no case of a government that did not eventually turn on its own people. We are in extraordinary times, and it is up to each and every one of us to weigh on our hearts the decisions we will make that concern our destiny, our future, and the future of our children and grandchildren. I ask you to consider the following points made in this video. Let not our epitaph read, Freedom was murdered, all in the name of safety. All right, so uh, we just heard and perhaps watched Death at Freedom's Door. It's the most recent uh production from matt presti and if you want to find information about matt i mentioned philosophy.org but also uh, uh matt's 
personal website at Matt Presti, M-A-T-T-P-R-E-S-T-I.com, mattpresti.com. And you can find a whole bunch of different stuff that Matt's been doing over the years. He's been involved in a whole bunch of stuff artistically and intellectually and philosophically and a whole bunch of other things. So at any rate, let's talk, Matt, about Death at Freedom's Door, a lot of pretty serious stuff mm -hmm. coming up there, um, all the way back to the beginnings of our country and what it means to be an American, what it means to be free, what the Constitution really says, what it really means. Uh, can it just be thrown out uh, because of a particular circumstance? Are rights really inalienable? <laughs> um, I'll, I'll let you run with it, it here in a minute, but certainly we have unprecedented situation. We've never seen anything like this, uh, at least certainly since I've been alive. And maybe back, <clears throat> maybe back in the polio days, you know, where they had to shut things down for, for polio, but mm, not like it was now. They did, they, you know. Anyway, um, I'm I'm very concerned, like you are. I believe the virus is a real thing, to the best of my knowledge. I mean, it seems like it's a real thing. We never get the we never get the full story, um, as most people are probably aware now. There's always the never let a good crisis go to waste. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, thing that comes into play, so I just kind of let let you uh, give us a give us a bit of your thoughts on on the whole thing. Sure. Well, it's it's there has never been anything like this in the history of the world. It it is worldwide. It's affecting worldwide economic systems. Oh my gosh! You know, and just you're looking at even if Trump wants to open the country back up, you might have some governors that have different ideas of their own, which means the ports will stay closed, which means it won't be a true economic recovery. So it's really, you know, as to whether it's man-made or not, that's, that's really almost an, a mute point at this point because I the think, damage is already done. You know, as much as that, as much as that frustrates the shit out of me, uh, the, the point is it's what it is and we've got to deal with it now. And, regardless of the origins, we're still in the boat right. that we're in. Yeah. I mean, my, my research, and, and I know you've done myriad of hours of research on like from Boyd Graves to, uh, you know, Peter Doisberg and the AIDS of the doctors of death, Dr. Alan Cantwell Jr. You know, that's where I started chewing on the, the bone of research. The, the first book that got me into researching anything was AIDS and the doctors of death by Dr. Alan Cantwell Jr. with mm -hmm. a foreword by John Rappaport, you know, mm -hmm. no more fake news.com. Mm -hmm. And that, that, you know, 1995, you get a hold of a book like that and you're just completely blown away. And your first introduction to conspiracy by a valid MD who, you know, did thousands of autopsies on the cadavers of gay men and couldn't find any toxic levels of a virus. But what he did find were toxic levels of the drugs used to treat the virus. So interesting, isn't it? And uh, Dr. Peter Deutzberg had no kind words for Anthony Fauci, who, you know, so I've known about Fauci for, for over 20 some years. And I don't like the little guy, to be quite honest. I call him Dr. Faust, Fausti, after the German fable of, you know, the guy who signed his soul to the devil. But, uh, you know, his right there, you got conflicts of interest out the wazoo. Uh, Bill Gates, of course, we all know him. He's, he's Dr. Death himself, right? Uh, he stands, you know, with his family ties, um, 
ties to Planned Parenthood and eugenics, the modern day eugenicists are yeah, yeah. You know, ramping up to, to implement their Georgia Guidestone policy, right? 500 million. So who's going to manage the calling of a herd? And these people obviously are playing God. And that, that's a discomforting thought right there. And one of the reasons, I, you know, these people are unelected bureaucrats, number one, so-called experts, you know. But one thing that always uh, made me wonder was there's only one person, one situation that can remove an elected leader or a captain of a ship, and that's a medical emergency. Mm. And only only the doctor, you remember Star Trek, right? Yeah. Only Dr. Yeah. Only Dr. Crusher could remove Captain Picard. Picard yeah, yeah. Right? Well, so yeah. so leave it leave it to the medical. It's the medical who can who can remove the the power of a country being well, in its le in its I, leadership. I, I have to say that that I've I made a couple of comments recently on on uh, bulletin boards that I that I frequent and you know, you know, Matt. I have, I have to say that I go back and forth and all around on this whole coronavirus thing every day. I'm trying to figure out what the freak is really going on, and right. because I mean, the, the the response to it certainly, at least in my opinion, does not. Uh, I, I realize that it, that it, it's relatively serious, but uh, I mean, to shut down the world economy like like they've done, uh, I I. I it's hard for me to, to to get my head around that for any reason, really. I mean, sure. I mean, the, the the money the money people they don't care about a they don't care how many of their employees die. You know, they don't care about anything. They they, they want the money flow coming no matter what. And for Las Vegas, Nevada to shut down, I've told you this off the air. You know, Walt Disney World. This is un, right. un, un, unbelievable to me. I still. I'm trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Uh, but I also, uh, uh, I also feel like, 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 like there is always this underlying, let's, let, let's use this for something. And clearly the, the, the move toward authoritarian um, control over population and, and it's and it's not federal in fact in fact interestingly you've seen more of it on a local regional state level than you're seeing it on a federal level it's it's governors it's, yeah yeah um but i i mean i don't know i don't know what's right or what's wrong but it seems that where i live at least man you haven't you ha you're going to have economic impact that is just catastrophic. Uh, there, there, there's tons of of small businesses that I, I don't think can can survive. Right. Maybe maybe another week or two or something or a month. But I mean, but to, they're talking now. You know, oh, now we're going to have to extend this to the end of May, and uh, or who knows when? It might maybe just rolling for years, and it's like, you know this machine of the world like it or not and everyone's dependent upon it even the people that hate it and and, and i'm I'm not, I'm not you know there there are large parts of, of this thing that i'm not a big fan of but the whole thing has to operate pretty much in order for us to get toilet paper and uh, and and 
that's what's being made clear now is that it, it, you know the supply chains and what it takes to get A to B and I'm, that, that's my biggest concern right now is, is that uh, it's a machine that is not designed to stop. It's meant, right. it's meant to keep going and it's like the body, you know, the body is like a fluid, you know, that's why they, that's why they call, that's why they call money currency because it's a current, it moves. Right. It, and, and, and if you stop the flow of oil or money or goods and services, man, it, it, blo it starts to block stuff up. It's like, well, we'll sh you know, it's got nowhere to go because this is what's happening when, in the oil, uh, you know, in the, in the oil sector right now. I mean, they, they, they can't really stop pumping. They have to keep pumping. You, you, you can't stop those things. If you stop them, it's a huge issue to get them going again. So you got to keep them pumping. Well, nobody's using it. I mean, the, 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 uh, the consumption of oil dropped 90% or 80 whatever the hell it was, you know, for the last couple months. So now you have a huge glut of oil. Where's that got to go? Well, you don't have enough storage for it. So what are they going to do? They're going to dump it into the ocean. <laughs> no, no, I mean, honestly, and, and you've seen the stories now about, about the dairy producers that, ha that are millions yeah. of milk that are just because yeah. they have to keep milking the cows. Right? right, but they got nowhere. They got nowhere to go with the milk because the market, no, no, no pun intended, has dried up. And it's not because people aren't drinking milk. It's because a lot of that stuff was exported. A lot of that stuff went to different um, uh, uh, processors and distributors that are not not doing business now because their employees aren't coming to work. I mean, right. And so, it. I'm not sure that we've seen. I'm not sure how far we are into this yet. Well, you know, th there's an interesting aspect I didn't get to cover in the video, but you know, you want to find out what are the goals of something like this in terms of operational awareness. Mm -hmm. Just look at what look at what the fruits are. Look look what are the suggestions that come out of it. You know, facial ID recognition in Washington State as a nationwide model. Contact tracing. Yeah, global electronic currency, no more paper money. You know, think think of just that right there, and it's being yeah. talked about more and more and more. But if I was uh, basically, I'd say one of the aspects here again: did this start in a lab in China? You know, we can debate that, but let's say it did. Let's say one of the possible scenarios was this was a economic terrorist attack by China, for instance, because of the tariffs that Trump put on China, which started bringing billions into the United States Treasury. In fact, we received several lumps of payments of billions and billions of dollars to the, to the Treasury of the United States from China because of those tariffs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, if I was an enemy, if I was an enemy, and if you, if you read Sun Tzu, The Art of War, one of the most important things you can do to, uh, to call your enemy, to, to subvert his ability to fight, is to attack his supply lines. And that's exactly what, what's being attacked here. The, the economy, the economic engine, that is the supply lines to all the various you know, tentacles of, of what constitutes the United States economy, from yeah. restaurants to supermarkets yeah. to, to people's homes, farmers markets. You know, and well, if you're, it's, if you're, it's, it's, it's the way World War II was won, Matt. That, right. that, that's, that's what we did in Europe. We cut off Hitler's petroleum in particular 
Uh, exactly. And, and in fact, that's the reason the Japanese got involved to begin with is because we cut off all the oil shipping lanes in the Pacific so that the Japanese couldn't get any oil. So they were essentially forced to attack us because, and, and, and we sort of planned that as you know, you know, so yeah. they, and, and, and that's what, that's what dragged us into the war was our own blockage of the, uh, of the supply of, of the petroleum supply line to Japan. Therefore Japan attacks Pearl Harbor. We get into world war two. And then eventually we end up cutting off the petroleum to the Germans. This is why in North Africa, at the end of the war, there were a thousand tanks sitting, sitting by themselves in, in the deserts of North Africa because mm-hmm. they didn't have any fuel. Right. Uh, that, 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 that's, what, that's what wins anything. You have to, and, and of course now food. Uh, um, I think everybody in, in, in our whole country, I, I don't think anybody at this point hasn't been to a grocery store in the last month or two and realized that something different was going on. Um, Something, you know, maybe some people were isolated for the most part where where they didn't feel it a lot, but gosh, in most, in most towns and certainly all the big cities, but even, even towns, small towns, you, you you know, many things not available at the grocery store. Mm -hmm. And that's got to, got to have you wonder. I mean, like I said, there's, there's nobody that has the answers as to why everything is the way it is. There's many, many, many people, fellow researchers like you and myself and others who are trying to figure it out. And then there's those who just binge watch Netflix all day. Nothing's really changed. They just have more time to, to waste on, on more and more episodes of worthless garbage. But, you know, I, I know it's difficult for folks, however you need to get through your day, but this is a really great time to pick up some books, start reading, start researching, you know, ask, are your rights, you know, do they mean anything? People? I mean, if they can just be taken away at, at the snap of a finger, were they ever meaningful at all? And maybe we should start flexing. You know, I'm proud to see the people of Michigan I agree. Uh, stormed Lansing today by tens of thousands of cars and people basically giving the middle finger to, to the, the governor there. Who, who, there yeah, yeah, because we're, we're, seeing, we're seeing the little tyrannical nuts start to fall out of the tree. You know, it's harvest time for the little nuts. They, they're just oh. wait for it. Oh, More are going to fall out of the trees as the time slips by. But, you know, you see, you know, now Cuomo's enacting a, uh, a uh, face mask, mandatory face mask for all of New York. You know, and it's just like, and then the fine's $1,000 if you walk on the beach in San Diego, which is the best thing you can do if you're sick or well, is walk in the sun and breathe fresh saltwater air. I mean, there's nothing better for the body than that. So you get, here's the irony of this, right? Speaking of government, um, you get your $1,000 stimulus check, but two days ago, you got a a ticket for walking on the beach. So $1,000 goes to, to the, you know, to the pay the fine of the ticket and then $150 for court costs and processing fees, which leaves you with 50 bucks. That sounds about like the government, right? So, yeah, I, I mean, you yeah. know, and we're seeing a lot of draconian stuff, but this is mostly, and, and again, I'm not, I'm just pointing out demographics. The liberal blue cities are the ones that seem to be enacting the most draconian things like fines, you know, 
and, and tariffs and, and things like that against its own people, limiting them from being able to go outside to even, you know, in Colorado, a guy takes his daughter and his wife to play t-ball. They're the only ones in the park and the police arrested him in front of a six-year-old little girl, his own daughter, and gave him, you know, took him away in handcuffs. The cops didn't have masks on. They didn't have gloves on. And they throw him into jail while they're letting prisoners out who have, who have been thrown in for everything from pedophilia to, uh, you know, attempted murder for all I know. Mm. But it's funny, the, the L.A. sheriff said the other day he's afraid that with all the prisoners that he advocated for getting released that there's now going to be a new crime wave. It's like, duh. Yeah, you, I saw that. It's yeah. like, what, are you kidding me? Yeah, it's like, you know, the monkeys in Wizard of Oz are now running the show. Even the Wicked Witch is, you know, off on her broomstick. I guess she left, left you know, now the monkeys are left to run the whole show. And, right. and this is the kind of stuff you'd expect from, from subservient little monkeys that have no idea about their constitution or what it even means to be a, a good character and act well, accordingly. I mean, you know? I mean this is one of, our, one, of our, one of our issues is that the, the population at least is significant. Well, okay, there are two sides of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, or 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 five side whatever, but there's always more than one. Right. But, but one side certainly is that there's a significant percentage of the population that really is lost. They have no idea anymore about constitutional protections. They they wouldn't know the the the, the preamble if it, it, it they wouldn't know it. They they don't they don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't know what they are actually protected by in their own country. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're out. So they're so we can't count on them for anything. Then you have a group. You have groups on either side of that, right? You have the groups that are really happy that, that that's the case because they want to take advantage of it. And then you have the group on the other side that is that is frightened to death, or or is I won't say frightened, but 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 certainly concerned about it because they realize what their rights are, and realize that a significant group doesn't understand that and that there's another group on the other side that's totally taking advantage of that to right. their, to, to everybody's detriment, right? And the problem of, uh, with freedom-loving people is they typically don't force their freedom on other people, right? You right. typically don't, you, you don't force freedom on people. What you do is you force slavery on people. Mm-hmm. And so the freedom-loving people are just kind of preparing and hoping for the best I think, uh, but watching this whole thing unfold and um, I, I, I mean, I guess I just, uh, uh, I feel that, I feel that the, the, the virus thing in general is the perfect boogeyman, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. it's, it's like, you know, we used to have, we had Osama bin Laden. We had Os- we, you know, right. we, we've always had some. We had the Russians in the Cold War, and then we, you know, and then we have, uh, you know, the, the 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 terrorists from the Middle East, and then we have ISIS, and then we have, you know, there's always somebody that's the boogeyman and it's necessary. Well, this 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 is perfect because whether it's the coronavirus or any of the other ones that come up, whether they're real or imagined whether they are naturally occurring or whether they're made by madmen in laboratories somewhere. 
it's the perfect boogeyman and you can tell people well you never know where it's at it's around every corner and you have to suspect every person they might have it you might not even know they have it they might not even know that they have it and they can give it to you at any time they can give it to your children and and you got to be goddamn afraid all the time be afraid and 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 you know what fear is is about and it's part of what we talked about in your in your production that we that we listened to earlier and this is my biggest fear is that fear fear is a virus fear is the worst kind fear is a more dangerous virus than the coronavirus or 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 pretty much anything else out there and and this is what 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 is being peddled right now The, the the virus of fear uh is has has been has been piggybacked on top of this corona thing and they are utilizing it to the greatest of their ability and it's and i i don't know i don't know what we can do matt other than say try not to be afraid <laughs> you know, I mean, right. you know what do you do well freedom's like a muscle and if you don't exercise it it can atrophy and then when you really need it and you go to lift something heavy you, you mm-hmm. blow it out you know it, it's and the problem is, you know, what I what I had made the point in the very beginning of the video was that this is a psychological operation. And I don't mean to refer to the virus as being unreal or real. It's beyond that. Again, it doesn't matter if it's real or not, if it's natural or if it's a bioweapon, which I tend to look on the side of bioweapon. I do too. You know, all the evidence is there. And like I said, you, you've had some great guests on in the past who, who have, you know, showed us the... Uh, you know, why, why, why would there be over a thousand level four bioweapons labs if they didn't intend to ever not use them? <laughs> I mean, a buddy of mine said that. He goes, why would they build them if they weren't going to use them, right? So I guess they're going to start using them now. And, and, and the, the invisible enemy, what a great term, right? Can't see. Can't, and he could show up anytime, right? He, he's supposed to come back in July and then he'll be back in November. And then it's like a, like that crazy and then, uncle and there, that and never showers and there that may, always comes to the house. You know? yeah. And there may be another just sort of like him, but different. And, and they may keep coming different ones over the course of time. You know what? That's life in the world. Uh, yeah. Viruses and bacteria have been coming and going in, you know, ever since, I mean, it's part of life. Uh, right. Literally, part of life in the world, even even before humans got on the scene, um, we we just happen to be so concerned about it now that it's being allowed to literally control and change our utter way of life. Right, and I think people on the the deep state let's just use that term because it's it's they're using this psychology right because there's one thing most people from a psychological nature are afraid of and that's freedom itself they're scared to death of freedom there's there's really nothing more terrifying on a psychological level yourself to have to make your own decisions right to to truly be free of you know and and i think the animus father government, which, you know, has worked for a long time to uh, get people of a needy basis to, to suck off the teat, if you will, of, of, of uh, you know, dull, the dole of the government, you know, that's, that's a very formidable enemy because, you know, the family was the target 
all along. And I think that, uh, you know, to get people dependent on a system, on a, on a father government animus figure, which again, there's, where's the anima, right? Where's the, the balance there? It's just, you know, people psychologically have turned to Big Brother and the dole because, and again, the dole is providing the $1,200, it's providing the relief. That's one thing people can say, you know, that's a whole other discussion for whether or not that should even be going on or not. But, you know, ultimately, it's the point that everybody's now listening to, you know, I, I, would, I would, in the video, I, I stress that F F Dr. Fausti <laughs> is, is now the, the king commander, right? He's, he's the one calling the shots as to when the country can open and when it, you know, so, so has Trump been neutered? That's a good question you know, one that we have to remain to be seen, but. Uh, let, let me ask you about, about the, the question of the presidential seal. This has come up, this has come up a number of times. Uh, in that's the, an interesting one alternative too. Yeah. Media recently that when, when Trump has spoken, I mean, has it been ongoing? Um, was it like, cause he's been speaking every day as, was there a particular point, point where they stopped showing where he didn't have the seal and now, anyway, tell me what's going on with it. Well, the, the seal disappeared for several weeks, and now it's back. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know who decides to put it up or not. You know, I, I've wired myself several presidential podiums in 15 years as an audio technician. So, you know, I know that wherever the presidential seal go, goes, but typically, uh, typically when the president displayed. is displayed, it'll be on the front of the podium, correct? Correct, yeah. And in most cases, and, and in fact, even this week, there's one day he'll have it on, the next day it's not, the next day it is, the next day it's not. So it's really a strange thing. I don't know it if it's weird. just one guy making the choice, whoever rolls the podium it, out, it, and whatever. It, it seems unlikely. It seems like they're, they're, they're much too uh, methodical and anal about that type of stuff. It seems almost like it's a message or something. Maybe, and yeah, I, it's, I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, and also it's hard to say now that FEMA is, is enacted in all 50 states for the first time in United States history. And let's talk know, about that a little bit. How, how, how did that come about? And what do we, what, what do we know about that uh, as far as um, uh, how it happened and the legal side of it? What's going on? Well, it was Carter that signed executive orders in the 70s during his uh, administration as president uh, for the FEMA basically response executive orders. Uh, I don't have the actual executive order numbers, but they're, they're well cataloged. You right. can go and look, look them up, anybody. But they basically give all control of all operations in the United States from economic to transportation to farming industry, all come under the control of the federal government. And then you have the continuity of government as well, uh, you know, protocols that uh, you know, run in tandem just in case, you know, the surface government's blown to bits, then you have the continuity government, which is a mirror image of our so-called elected leaders, which operates underneath one of the protective bunkers or mountain uh, fortresses that, that, you know, from Cheyenne or Mount Rainier, you know, there's different places that, that this uh, continuity of government takes place and runs consecutively. So basically, again, it's, it's hard to say, is, is Trump under now the control of FEMA? And are FEMA the ones calling the shots and dictating to the president what's going to happen? It's, again, these are all answers people are searching for. 
this is a giant Rubik's cube and everybody's trying to turn a piece at a time to get just one color to one side just to say, yeah, okay, now we're, we're one sixth of the way there. Yeah. We're about maybe less than one sixth of the way there right now, still trying to figure it out. Hell, we don't even know if it was a bioweapon or if it was a natural, you know, because again, I think it came through Salem, Missouri myself. I've said this on other interviews recently. And uh, I, I'm, I think I even had it almost to the T, all the symptoms, everything. It took seven days to completely get over and then another seven to get my strength back from getting over it. But the only, you know, there's no 5G in my area and I know that's a whole nother spectrum. And so what is the other delivery system? If carrier waves of 5G aren't in all of Dent County and surrounding counties, then the one thing that would explain transmission, at least in my eyes and in, in my research, and, and my own uh, Lori's agreed with this, being a, a nurse of 17 years, that the only transmission system would be the flu virus, the flu shots. And the flu shots are the perfect delivery system because everybody in every town everywhere gets them. And that would be the perfect way to use a human being as a carrier wave, as opposed to 5G. And that person gets the flu shot and then they go around town shedding it out of their body to everybody they come into contact with. And it makes a perfect recipe for disaster. You know, again, if I was a globalist scumbag and I wanted to infect a population, I would get them to trust me to take a shot. You know, my mom taught me well when I was a kid, never take candy from a stranger. So I don't take shots, you know, and, and that, that whole thing is just a, you know, to me, it'd be a perfect delivery system of how to spread something you'd like to go around. Well, I mean, and, and, and there's precedent and, um, for it. They, they, they like to use their vaccines for all kinds of things. And, right. And um, that's one of the biggest things in my part two, Death of Freedom's Door part two, I, I, I really, you know, touted the reason, the, the, the last bastion of freedom is our own skin. And if we aren't allowed to dictate what comes through, you know, this, this skin, this body is the house of my soul and it's the temple and it's the most sacred, uh, the most precious thing that any of us have is our, is our own bodies. And if we don't have control of our own bodies and the government can force us to take mandatory vaccinations, how long until they'll force us to remove a kidney or a lung, you know, and, and sell them on the black market? At what point do they say, well, we want more stuff from your body, not just to put a vaccine in you, but we want to harvest organs now. You know, we, we, we want to forcibly, you know, do all these other things to you as well. And, and, and everybody knows the government has done terrible things to human beings, you know, the infecting people with you know, smallpox and Tuskegee Airmen with syphilis. And, you know, there's just one example after another. But it's really the bureaucrats, again, the, the bureaucrats and those who are in this, uh, you know, 40 year plus reign of medical tyranny uh, that's now rearing its ugly head. And again, back to the conflicts of interest, you have Fauci and Dr. Burks, who both serve on different boards of directors for Gates funded uh, different companies. If that's not a conflict of interest, I don't know what is. Yeah. And, and it seems that all that knowledge, all that all those warnings about con conflicts of interest have just gone out the window. Like nobody's paying attention to that. Again, it's, it's let's watch Netflix and binge. You know, we've got all this time off and a government check coming. We don't care. Let's, let's not worry. But there is that one group of people that, you know, give me liberty or give me death and they, they will not trade, you know, because they're not psychologically terrified of freedom. They actually 
have come to understand it, why it's important and the sacrifice that is made to water the tree of liberty with right. both the blood of tyrants and free men alike. And, you know, our, the story of humanity is a story of a quest for freedom. That's what we've been doing for thousands of years is trying to escape mental and spiritual and physical subjugation by tyrants. But you know what? 300 generations of man have gotten us to this point, and I don't think we're going to fail. We've gotten over tyrants before. This is just a, a rebranded, repackaged tyrant in a different label called medical tyranny. But again, like, like uh, you know, we have to build up our own defenses, psychic defenses against it, psychological defenses against it, because it is a psychological onslaught, and they will get us to accept the worst kinds of measures if we don't at least exercise that muscle of freedom from time yeah, to time. I agree. And you did make part two of uh, Death at Freedom's Door. I think, I think you put that out a couple, three days ago, perhaps. So I, think we'll, I think what we'll do, um, you and me will chat here for another, another 10 or 15, and then, okay. and then I'll play that at the end of of the program to kind of wrap things up and let people listen to that on the way out. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Sounds I will good. mention again that um, I'm speaking with Matt Presti. You can find information about Matt on the web at Matt Presti, M A T T P R E S T I, mattpresti.com. He's also the president of the University of Science and Philosophy uh, and the Walter Russell Museum in Waynesboro, Virginia. And we, we, we've spoken at length about Walter Russell and the remarkable uh, work and revelations that he actually uh, sort of uh, left for all of us uh, uh, in the work that he had done. And maybe, you know, I, I really wasn't thinking about it, Matt, but, but maybe, maybe if you'd like, I mean, do you see a connection between Walter's work and teachings and what you've learned from Walter Russell and, and, and the situation that we're in right now? I mean, can you see some sort of a, of a bridge there that might, might be beneficial or, or if nothing else, uh, you know, give, give us something to think about? Yeah. Well, the, I'll just say this, that the Russells were, were staunch anti-communists. <laughs> they actually uh, had a case or two of books called, uh, none dare call it treason that they would give out to close friends and students that they had um, themselves or no no it's a it's a well-known book uh none dare call it treason mm -hmm. I, I forget the author but it was a i think 1960s sometime in that that period of time is okay. one of the very earliest books written about the infiltration of communism into the united states government right. and uh russell had actually said in a 1952 lecture he gave that the biggest criminals in the United States are in the government, quote unquote. Right and about he, knew, he, he knew this in 1952. So I would say he was pretty hip to it. And they had written several times about how communism is just a very, uh, a very um, blatant master slave relationship, you know, and, and one thing that, that, you know, about the American experiment is they decided to get rid of masters. But it seems like people through psychological uh, means to an end lose their ability to champion freedom. They grow apathetic. And you've seen the cycle of civilizations before, you know, strong men, you know, value freedom. With freedom comes weakness and with weakness 
uh, comes apathy and so on. And then the apathetic end up losing their freedom to become strong again and reclaim it. It's just, a, it's a cycle that goes again and again and again. Yeah. But uh, this is just another case of, of tyranny trying to rear its ugly head. But in this case, the one difference is it's a global tyranny and it's, it's being orchestrated on a global level to basically enslave the entire world population into a system of, you know, again, I, I was happy to see Trump pull the funding away from the WHO. Me yesterday. too. That, that, yeah. I, I'm like, man, that's, that's really awesome. That, you know, I think the UN should be disbanded. You know, I agree who, with that too. Who started Absolutely. it up, you know. Absolutely. It's, yeah. the, the, the UN are the ones responsible for, for you know, fining people for, for having, you know, raw milk on their farms. And, you know, Agenda 21 is going to rid, rid all the areas that are natural areas. As a side note, and this is just me putting a bet. This is, this is my money putting a bet. This hydroxychloroquine thing, mm -hmm. it's got to work. It must work. Otherwise, there wouldn't be such a, a deliberate, right. concerted, and, and, and a, a remarkable effort to discredit it upon all right. of the, the entire media. Uh, they, 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 you know why, Matt? Because they want a vaccine so bad. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. And I, I've said on just right. an interview I was on a few days ago, I said, Bill Gates has lost. He's utterly lost because hydroxychloroquine not only works, you can drink tonic water with right. quinine right. and it, it, it helps, you know? Yeah. So, so no, that's what, that, that's, that's why they're going to discount it, discredit it and yeah. demonize it like crazy because it, it, and, and maybe it, maybe it was a black swan for them. Maybe they didn't realize how simple it was, you know? Right. Um, but at, at any rate, it's, it's interesting that, that it's been, you, you know, you don't hear a bunch of cries from people to say, wow, that, that's great that this might actually work. Let's do a bunch of quick studies and get it done really quickly and find out. Mm -hmm. All you hear is them saying, oh, Trump's a drug pusher and oh, yeah, a right. bunch of bullshit, right? It's like, obviously, yeah. no, check it out. Find out if it works. There are a bunch of doctors that say it does work, right? Yeah. Oh so, yeah, well, you know one, I mean? one doctor in France has treated almost 500 thousand, patients with with 100 success. 1100, uh, I think 10,061. The one report I read, but no, definitely. Right. I mean, you certainly can't just keep saying, "Oh, it's you know." Look, you know what? If you don't like Donald Trump, fine. I don't give a shit. I don't. <laughs> I, I don't particularly like the guy either. But you right. know. Okay, let's take a short break, and we'll be back with Hour 2 of Radio Orbit on KOPN Columbia 89.5 FM. My name is Mike Hagan on the web at MikeHagan.com. All right, let's get back to my conversation with Matt Presti. You're listening to it here, Radio Orbit, KOPN Columbia. Hydroxychloroquine has nothing to do with Donald Trump. If something works as a countermeasure for a particular malady or ailment, it doesn't matter who's endorsing it or who's not endorsing it. If it works, it works. And right. if it's saving lives and helping people and helping our, our, our medical uh, personnel, well, then obviously, you know, you're going to use it and you're going to try to try to get it out there. The, the, the fact that, that, that they have responded to that the way that they have to me is it's so it's so Macbeth. It's so, you know, <laughs> right. thou doth protest. Too much, me thinks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh my God, it, it's so transparent. I mean, it's telling because what what is it stealing away from them to not 
demonize it. It's stealing away their vaccine cure. You know, and you've, you've and got the these WHO, talking heads. The CDC and all these guys are totally compromised. They're all big pharma. They're all, yep. they're all wrapped up in, in, in the, they're all wrapped up in the, in that. And, right. and it's, a, it's a revolving door. We all, I mean, anybody who's paying attention knows that stuff. The problem is that the media is owned by them as well, at least the right. big media. And so, yeah, and they're, they're, they're pro-eugenicists too. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, how come, how come there wasn't this effort to, you know, in war, let's just take the Iraq war, right? How many Iraqis died? Some, some million plus, 1,200,000 plus. You know, where were these voices then saying, stop the war, it's killing people. You know, where were they then? <laughs> you, know, it's a, you know, it only serves to stop death when it serves them, either monetarily, eugenically, or with more tyrannical power grab. And this, the massive centralization of government that has come from this, centralizing everything down to basically two people, Dr. Burks and Dr. Fausti. You know, th these are the people now running the whole show, driving the ship, right? We are literally on the top floor of the insane asylum. And this is what it looks like. And this is also a demonstration. If anybody wants to know, I have a very good friend from Venezuela. He goes, he goes this, what's happening now is exactly what happened in Venezuela. No, so we're actually, I mean, yeah. we're getting a, our free, you know, 45 day trial of, of socialism and communism. So <laughs> suck it up, buttercups, because this, all you who are going to vote for socialism, this is where it goes. Only we got there very quickly. But this is what it's like in a socialist system where everything's delineated and handed out by the government. But it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. You know, there are only 7 million people. Um, I'm sorry, there, there was a... 20 what was the unemployment rate during the great depression i think it was 34 percent it got to about 20 percent i think I okay mean, 25 i think it was yeah. and, and 7 million people died from starvation but the untold millions that are going to be affected by this and then the food banks are running out it's just another week or two before we're going to start seeing some real you know yeah, we, mal yeah, malfeasance we got 20 million people uh, right. new, newly on the unemployment uh, rolls in the last three weeks, dude. Mm -hmm. And this, this makes me wonder, is I mean, this the, the, is the, the system can't handle it. Right. And you have to ask, is that the reason this is being done? Maybe. You know, maybe this is the calling of the herd these eugenicists have always wanted. They, they don't care about the, the flu. What they're more concerned about is people starving to death because that, that will help achieve the numbers of lowering the population. As Bill Gates said, you know, by administering vaccines, we can lower the population of Africa by 15%. You know, it came out of his own mouth. It can't make this stuff up. But these people, they're, 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 psycho, they're, they're basically criminally insane psychopaths. And anybody who's studied history long enough to know whether they come out with a smile on stage with the happy lights and cameras and, you know, behind the scenes, you know, like I said, I had a friend who uh, had met Bill Gates a few times and, and he himself told me the man is a criminally insane psychopath. And this was back in the eighties. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I take his word for it. He's a good judge of character. And, 
you know, I may not be behind the scenes and watching things go on, but I can certainly see from the things he says and, and the things that are being done. And, and he also says that concerts and big get togethers and, you know, parties, these are going to have to stop until a vaccine comes out as if he's in charge, right? Mm -hmm. This is the problem with psychopaths. They, they, they like to be in charge of things, but they don't want you to know they're in charge. They just try to sneak it in on you while you're asleep, you know, and then you wake up one day and all your freedoms are gone because Bill Gates decided that, you know, we can't go back to work until we have vaccination certificates, right. which are going to be tracked on our smartphones by Google, China, uh, Apple Corporation. I know. And they're, they're so already, and I'm just, they, I'm not they, going they, there, they, brother. They've already told us they're going to do this, you know? Right. And so for a lot of people, I've seen this coming for years, and this is my line in the sand, and I've said it on past shows, but anybody comes up my driveway trying to stick me, you know, I'll consider taking your, your vaccine if you'll consider letting me turn your head into a canoe, you know, but, but it's going to be a mutual, you know, you stick me, I'm going to stick you. Is it worth it to die for a shot? Yeah. I'm not going to die. Yeah. Somebody's getting shot, but it's not going to be me. Yeah. But that's my right. You know, that my temple, my last line of defense is this skin right here. Anybody yeah. comes to violate this, I'm going to go Bruce Lee times a thousand on your ass. I'm with you. You know, I, you know and that's, that's because that's where, for me, that's where I have to draw the line. My body is mine. It's nobody else's. It doesn't belong to Bill Gates. It doesn't belong to Trump. It doesn't belong to Hitler. And it certainly doesn't belong to CBS or MSNBC. And, and, you know, as close as it gets is to my loving partner. But even then, we, we all have our own sovereignty. And that's truly accepting freedom at face value is you have to own yourself. And until you do, somebody else is going to own you unless you do. And so I've always advocated people to psychologically power up, to, you know, turn on your, you know, put on the armor of God, if you will, the, the great Holy Spirit. Do it now, man. You know, it's it's time. This is this is the line in the sand. And if we don't make a stand as a human race, we're not even going to know we were human in another generation or two. There won't be a, a child alive that even knows what a set of paints can do or what a musical instrument can do. They'll be wired into the great AI system, and What's the that? only people left will be the psychopaths ruling from their space stations. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, Orwell was right. What is the future? Imagine a black boot on the side of the face of humanity forever. And it's up to us. You know, this is the time to, to do or get off the pot. And it's time to do. So let's get, let's get ready and do the best you can. Psychologically empower yourself with wisdom, with knowledge, good food, good water. Um, study up on vaccines. Use this time to study, to read. You know, help out your neighbors, you know, help at a food bank, you know, become a volunteer firefighter. Volunteerism is at its all time low in the United States. It's never been lower. So it's a good time to get out. You know, don't be afraid. You know, courage is infectious and courage is a great reward. What, what did uh, Terrence McKenna say about courage? Nature right. Courage. Nature loves it. Right. So, you know, one thing that nature never does is collapses. Nature you look out, you know, despite all this stuff going on, I walk outside and I look and nature has just got perfect continuity. It goes on and it's a beautiful symphony and it just keeps going. The birds are building nests on the, on the awnings of the, the, the deck and the, you know, the trees are budding and there's, there's bunnies in the grass and 
you know, it's just absolutely incredible that nature can do what it does. And so we could all learn a lot by, by watching it. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and by remembering that we're a part of it and, uh, and, and we don't control it, it, it controls us. And, and whether we know it or not, uh, nature ends up sort of running, running, running the thing. So, um, well, we can draw on that power. That's, that's a very real power. That's all at each one of our fingertips and it would do us well to remember that. All right, Matt, I think that's a good place for us to wrap it up. Let's, uh, Sounds good. let's, let's do that. We're going to finish up with your, uh, part two. Okay. Uh, your most recent production called Death at Freedom's Door. My guest has been Matt Presty. You can find him on the web once again at mattpresty.com. You can link there from my site as well, obviously at mikehagan.com. And um, please check out the University of Science and Philosophy, the Walter Russell Museum as well. Uh, we didn't really have too much of a chance to talk about Walter tonight, but, uh, but the ideas of Walter Russell certainly uh, can be applied to our own lives in any particular time, whether there's a pandemic or a, or a supposed pandemic or a pandemic, doesn't matter what, or, yeah. or, or, or in times of, of, of great peace, it still applies. So maybe a few words about Walter Russell before we, before we boogie, Matt. Sure. He was a genius, a uh, master of all five fine arts with only a fourth grade education. Uh, you can find a whole bunch of stuff on him at philosophy.org and his wonderful wife, Leo. Um, they wanted to put a curriculum before man that would teach him the power of utilizing uh, a moment-to-moment -moment connection with a man's or woman's divinity within. Uh, cuts out the middleman and puts the power into your hands and uh, to become a master creator in all that you do and uh, to excel at everything that you do. And if you must fight, then you can also excel at that. And uh, as Joan of Arc said, act and God will act. You know, she was guided by flashes of light, as was Tesla, in times of, of uh, threat to his own self-being. Um, the still small voice gets louder at times like this, and, and the Russells were masters of uh, teaching how to listen and work with that still small voice and yeah. to develop it so that you become one with it, more or less. And you can truly say, I and my father are one at that point. So ultimately... Um, Walter Russell was someone who, who wanted to see mankind flourish, and he even worked on uh, energy devices that would provide over unity. And basically, again, with times like this, there's the old saying, necessity is the mother father of all invention. Yeah. So these are great times to, to get out and toil in the lab, dig up your garden, get a garden going. I'd highly recommend that to everybody. Yeah. Get your paintbrushes out, dust them off, do the things that you used to love when you were a little kid that you put down for the job or other things, and then get your kids into it. Kids love to garden, and they absolutely have a blast doing it. So, you know, there's a lot you can brush off and dust off and get out of the closet and uh, bring it back into your life. Even if we all go back to work, you'll still have your paint brushes and easels, your drawing pad and, and pencils, or your garden. sculpting tools, or your garden, or, you know, yeah. As a friend of mine said, you know, you want to build a crossbow for each member of the family, do that. Whatever, whatever it takes, man, there's all kinds of things we can do with our time. But just find a way to be creative, to work with your hands again, because smartphones can't build things.
but I'll tell you what, your hands can certainly do a lot. And if just look at Western civilization as an example. There it is, Mr. Matt. All right, my friend. Let's. Uh, Thanks, Mike. Let, let's say goodbye, and uh, uh, I'll talk to you soon. I appreciate everything you do. And man, it's a wild ride around right now. This is sort of a, a sort of uncharted territory. So I appreciate you uh, being a sane uh, voice in the middle of it. And and let's please. Uh, we should probably do a regular sort of, like I said, the way I'm doing the radio show right now, it's, I'm really just going to sort of have fireside chats with people. I mean, it's great. It's needed know, brother. And I think it's a good thing. So let's you and me do it whenever we decide to do it. Okay. And when you get that uh, radio station back open, let me know and we'll come up and we'll do a live chat again. You know it. All right. All right, Matt. Take care. Much love, buddy. See you, brother. Bye-bye. All right, that was my good friend Matt Presti. As a matter of fact, he made a follow-up to Freedom at Death's Door, and I'm going to play the audio for that right now before we get to my next guest, Chris Robinson. But I'm going to let this piece stand by itself. Again, this is Matt Presti, Freedom at Death's Door, Part 2. I'll be back in a few minutes. It's Mike. You're listening to Radio Orbit on KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM, streaming on the web at kopn.org. And for me, www.mikehagan.com. Good evening, London. There are, of course, those who do not want us to speak. Why? Because while the truncheon may be used in lieu of conversation, words will always retain their power. Words offer the means to meaning, and for those who will listen, the enunciation of truth. And the truth is, there is something terribly wrong with this country, isn't there? Cruelty and injustice, intolerance and oppression. And where once you had the freedom to object, to think and speak as you saw fit, you now have censors and systems of surveillance coercing your conformity. And how did this happen? Who's to blame? And truth be told, if you're looking for the guilty, you need only look into a mirror. I know why you did it. I know you were afraid. Who wouldn't be? War, terror, disease. There were a myriad of problems inspired to corrupt your reason and rob you of your common sense. Fear got the best of you, and in your panic, you turned to the now High Chancellor. You know, having been through other serious issues, particularly the very painful early years of HIV, AIDS, when people talk about conspiracy theories, um, you will always have conspiracy theories when you have uh, very challenging public health crises. They are nothing but distractions. You know, I can assure you, we have so much to do to protect the health and the welfare of the American people that I would just hope we just put those conspiracy stuff and let somebody write a book about it later on, but not now.
President recognizes Mr. Adams of Massachusetts. Objects of the most stupendous magnitude. Measures which will affect the lives of millions, born and unborn, are now before us. must expect a great expense of blood to obtain them. But we must always remember that a free constitution of civil government cannot be purchased at too dear a rate, as there is nothing on this side of Jerusalem of greater importance to mankind. Believe, sirs, that the hour has come. My judgment approves this measure, and my whole heart is in it. All that I have, all that I am, and all that I hope in this life, I am now ready to stake upon it. While I live, let me have a country. A free country. Whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is in the right of the people to alter or abolish it and to institute new government. The history of the present King of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries, all having in direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. Tyranny, by its very definition, is cruel and oppressive government or rule over a nation, people, or individual. The nature of tyranny is the desire for absolute power. Borders, language, and culture define a nation, while the border of a man's soul is his own skin. There are those who seek to violate our fundamental right to protect our most precious borders, that of our own bodies. Of all borders in this earthly realm, those of the body are the most precious of all. The soul lives for a time within the body, and the body temple is the last bastion for safety, security, and the individuality of every human on earth. It is the last defense against the outside world. A tyrant will always seek a way into the hearts and minds of man even more sinister than the threat of oppression to the mind and spirit is the forcible harm to that of the person themselves. By proclamation and then subordination, man has repeatedly been trampled underfoot by tyrants throughout history. Dictatorships may emerge in various forms such as, but not limited to, autocratic, bureaucratic, medical, militaristic, monarchic, political, 
plutocratic, religious, scientific, and technocratic. The first line of defense against those who would violate and ransack your temple, seeking to bring you to heel under their domination and control, begins with one word. No. Oppressors will always resort to violence to force their will upon an otherwise peaceful people or persons. Where there is no crime, there should be no punishment. There can be no just law which forbids a man's right to protect his own sovereign temple. His body is his fortress, the home of his soul. And if they will not heed your warning and should continue to violate you, then as your natural right given by God, you may defend yourself. All of nature expresses this inviolate law of self-defense when the body is threatened. To the degree a man breaks this law is to the degree he will be broken by it. Eons have passed, and still man has yet to learn the law of balance. All men are extensions of all other men, and what one man does to another, he inevitably does to himself. If a tyrant is to be disposed, he must be resisted. Without resistance, his wanton acts of cruelty will go unchallenged until every facet of what was once a good life will be lost to darkness. Will you go to your grave with the knowledge that you succumb to the will of evil? Will you let your children face this threat alone? Will you do nothing while your friends, family, and neighbors are hauled away in your sight? Or will you say, no? Come on, think of something fast, would ya? What? No. What? No. What? What are you doing? Look at that. Yeah. Get some, boy. All right, once again, a big thank you to Matt Presti on the web at mattpresti.com and also at philosophy.org. All right, we're going to keep it moving now with a conversation I had about a week ago with my friend Chris Robinson. You'll learn more about Chris in just a few minutes. In the meantime, I'll say you're listening to KOPN Columbia 89.5 FM. My name is Mike Hagan. This is Radio Orbit. You can find me on the web at mikehagan.com. All right, well, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, you and I, when we get going, we just sort of jump right into it. So, uh, so before, we get, before we get too deep, let me introduce you and tell people that they are listening to Radio Orbit on KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM. Chris Robinson is my guest tonight. He is a licensed clinical social worker. He is an expert on mental health and nutrition and the relationship between those two sort of central parts of life as, as humans. And he's also a damn good harmonica player. And uh, we'll talk about that maybe perhaps another time. But uh, tonight, mental health and well-being, nutrition, the immune system, some of the things that we'll be talking about, uh, about tonight with, uh, with Chris Robinson. So, Chris, thank you for being with me. And, uh, and let's go from there, okay? Thank you, Mike. Um, so, yeah, so uh, I guess... 
basically I should describe what I do uh, professionally. Um, I, I say that I'm a, uh, I specialize in natural approaches uh, to um, uh, uh, reducing and eliminating uh, uh, symptoms of depression, anxiety, um, PTSD, uh, you know, other, other sort of things that we consider it to be, you know, mental health challenges or mental health diagnoses. Right. Um, but I, I seek to optimize mental health, uh, and, uh, and also, uh, you know, also something that you could, you could maybe say would be personal performance or, or brain performance. So helping your brain to work as well as it can. Okay. Um, but, um, but I'm also, uh, so I, I guess, so, so first and foremost, I'm trained as a psychotherapist. Um, and, uh, that includes, um, uh, I, I specialize in trauma recovery. So, uh, trauma being basically defined as, uh, is any, any negative or disturbing experience that a person goes through that continues to have an effect on them. Um, wow. I think we've all heard the word trauma, but the definition is clearly something that applies to pretty much anyone who's old enough to kind of think or, or know who they are or something. Yeah. We've we've all been impacted uh, by negative uh, or or hurtful um, experiences or experiences that are over overwhelmed our nervous systems. Um, uh, I, the way I usually describe it is there's sort of a uh, continuum uh, for trauma. Uh, so like on uh, on on one side of the spectrum, maybe you have uh, uh, the, probably the most famous condition associated with trauma is PTSD. Or post-traumatic stress disorder. Right. Um, that's at the extreme end, and that's often associated with with conditions, or or, or, or is often associated with people like um, uh, uh, combat veterans who have been to war and and they've and they've developed PTSD as a result of their experiences. But that right. um, but that can also include you know any I mean or, you know people who have been assaulted or abused or have been through uh, disasters. Um, or, you know, have, have uh, you know, been through, you know, divorces, radical life changes. Uh, I mean, so many things can, can, be, can be traumatic. You know, the other end of the spectrum. Just life in the world, right? Just sort of life in the world. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it's sort of, me, you know, how me, we're shaped by adversity um, in certain right. ways. Let, let me ask you the opposite side of the question. In other words, huh? Theoretically, I mean, has there ever been a person alive who went through life without, you know, that, that sort of life experience? I guess we not, wouldn't really know. You know not, not by my definition. You know, <laughs> it, it, traumas are pretty abstract concepps. So you, you have to kind of, you know, the, the other end of the spectrum that I, that I will, the example that I often give is say you're in your, your second grade classroom and you wet your pants and it was really embarrassing. And then, uh, and then, and then, and maybe you never really fully got over it. And and in certain certain uh, events in the future that remind you either consciously or subconsciously of that event can bring up that same those same feelings of embarrassment or shame or anger. So you know, there's there's definitely sort of a, a continuum. Um, what, one example that I often like to give for for uh, trauma is there is a uh, there is a um, there was a Disney, I think it was a Disney movie called Inside Out, uh, with a, with a, it was animated with a little girl who's, uh, um, uh, like 12 
and then she had all these emotions in her head. There was uh, um, there was somebody. There was joy. There was somebody, uh, and that was anger. I forget. It was a uh, black. He was a comedian uh, on Daily Show, uh, but in his his things, he's like really angry. But he played anger. He's a funny guy. I, I think he's kind of funny. Uh, but they had it's. But it's the whole thing is like this little girl goes through life, but then she has these emotions that are like in this control center in her brain. And they're all talking, and then, but it also they also talk about you know how she had you know this this sort of hall of memories, um, mm-hmm. and and all these different memories, and you know this big room, these sort of glass orbs and things, um, and there were positive memories and there were negative memories, and they've they've all sort of shaped her personality and who she is, and um, in in some ways you can look at sort of trauma like that. We've all had these sort of traumatic experiences, which are you know sort of stored in in memory form. Um, and then those those impact our 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 uh, our neurology, um, our, our our nervous system, right. our biochemistry, our our relationships. So that's that's uh, in, so. In a way, um, can trauma be uh, beneficial? Maybe that's not the right way to put it. But I'm thinking about the way life works and. Um, uh, individuals of a particular species of a plant or an animal really doesn't matter. But um, a lot of times they become stronger if you put them under stressful sort of situations. And in fact, sure. sometimes it's actually necessary for survival. They have to kind of go through some certain things in order to kind of, kind of, kind of form their, their constitution sort of. Uh, could you maybe talk about that a little bit, the other side of it? Sure. Sure. So, um, so I, I, uh, I, I, in my practice, I employ what you might call a, a psycho or, or a biopsychosocial approach. So there's the psychological, which is, I would probably consider my top, you know, I guess area of, of uh, specialization or uh, expertise. That always, when I say yeah, I'm yeah. an expert, that always, that always makes me a little nervous or. Right, I'm with you. <laughs> anyway, I, I specialize in, in the psychological aspect of it. Um, and, you know, uh, but I also specialize in the biological aspect of it as well. Um, uh, you know, our, 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 you know, how does, uh, you know, I, well, and, and the two are very closely, uh, interrelated. In, in, interconnected. You just can't separate them. I mean, that's, and, and so, um, so, so, uh, you know, particularly from a, from a, and, and biologically, when you look at mental health, that's sort of a, a, a balance or an interrelationship between, um, neurology and, and biochemistry, which I would, what I, which I would qualify as sort of nutrition. That's, that's how, that's the loose term that I would, I would put to that. Okay. Um, yeah. and, and, uh, uh, and, and neuro, neurological, uh, connections are formed through novelty and newness. Uh, it's challenged. Um, so, you know, uh, so ultimately it's a good thing for the brain. Uh, you know, if you, if you think about, you know, how, you know, older people, you know, they, 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 they say, you know, to prevent your, you know, cognitive decline, age related, do, do new things, right? Mm-hmm. They say, you know, learn and learn a language, you know, continue, uh, you know, adult education, music, um, you know, music. Yeah, absolutely. Learn, learn an instrument. Uh, Cause it creates all these new neural connections, um, which is a really healthy thing for your, for your brain. Um, so yes, uh, newness, novelty is good for your brain, but we don't always like it. Oh, <laughs> it's, right. it. Change can be really hard, and it usually is. 
so um, so yeah, if it doesn't, um, but changes also can be can also be really stressful. So I think it's sort of a balance. It's sort of like we our brain likes it; it's healthy, but but too much of it in in the wrong way can also be hurtful or harmful. So it's sort of a, I think it's sort of a I think it's sort of a balance. Okay. Um, so. All right. Well, um, I'm trying to think of what we should talk about. You know. You and I had a conversation a couple of weeks ago, and unfortunately, I didn't do the best job technically, and we lost the actual recording. And we were sort of concentrating on the COVID-19, coronavirus, sort of uh, not the virus itself, but just what it was doing socially and uh, physically, you know, around the world to the populations of the planet, you know, people having to... Uh, self-isolate, quarantine, those types of things. Right, and right. we talked a little bit about neurochemistry and nutrition and the immune system. Right. Um, I'd like to talk about those things again, perhaps not so much in the context of COVID. Of course, right. that is, that, I mean, that's a peripheral concern. In fact, for many people, it's still a very valid concern, myself as well. But sure. I think I'd like to broaden it a little bit and talk about those topics in more of a general sense, and then we can yeah. specifically talk about how that could relate to COVID and the current coronavirus situation. Sure, sure. All right, so uh, general health, well-being, uh, let's talk about nutrition and mental okay. health and how those things are connected. Okay, sure. So um, again, I, I, I use sort of a, what's called a biopsychosocial approach, which is actually sort of the the guiding framework for uh, for clinical social work. Um, if if you're gonna study uh, mental health uh, and 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 you you don't want to and you're not a medical doctor, you're not a psychiatrist that's gonna prescribe medication. Right. Um, you're you're most likely gonna be a a, a, a psychotherapist. Um, and there and there are basically three ways tracks for you to do that. Um, one, you can be a straight psychologist. So many therapists are what they call at your know, master's level, um, what they call LPCs, a, a licensed practicing counselor. Okay. Um, and then uh, another, the second flavor, um, and, and you have, you know, master's level LPCs, and then you also have people with PhDs in, in psychology and they're, you know, they're doctors, doctorates in psychology. All right, so the whole hierarchy like there is with many different professions, right? Sure, sure. Right. Um, you know, the second one and probably the, maybe the least common in terms of percentage, um, is you can, you can be a, a marriage and family, uh, therapist. That's the, it's the MFT track. Um, and you can get a, a master. Eh, I don't know if you, I think you, you may either need a master's, but you may need a PhD and to be in, no, <laughs> I think you can be a master's and a PhD to be, a a, a licensed med, med, marriage uh, a marriage and family therapist. Um, okay. like I said, they're, they're less common, uh, then the, but probably the, the third, um, the third branch and, and maybe, uh, you know, is, is, is there are probably as many, um, in the psychology track as there are in, in what I am is, was a, is a clinical social worker. Um, and in social work as a discipline, um, is centered around what's called a, a biopsychosocial approach to problem solving. That's, that's clinical social work, but also um, if you're looking at sort of running an organization and problem solving, um, you, you tend to try to use that, uh, use that framework. Um, so when I, um, uh, when I look at 
biology. Um, uh, like I say, there is um, there's a relationship between the nervous system and uh, nutrition. Um, that's that's basically called the, it's the discipline of psycho neuroimmunology, um, which basically means that primarily on on a nutrition level, um, biochemically, uh, uh, mental health challenges and when i say you know challenges i mean like you know you know depression anxiety uh schizophrenia even you know overwhelming stress is essentially an immune response um it's an immune response by by the body um and uh and specifically it's associated with uh systemic inflammation um, so, uh, and, and I, I often will use the example to distinguish between localized inflammation, um, which is say like, you're, you know, you're, you're working with a hammer and, and you, you know, you, you bang your thumb your and thumb, then the, right. the, and then the thumb, you know, becomes inflamed and sort of, it swells. Um, that's localized. Um, and then, but, um, what they, what is, what has happened that we basically discovered within the last five to 10 years is that when people are, are compared biologically, you know, who are, who, you know, meet all the criteria for depression or suffering from a depressed mood, for example, or, or another like condition, um, versus controls, people who are, are technically not suffering from a, a diagnosable mental health condition is that those people who are in that heightened state of stress, who have depression or anxiety, have higher levels of, uh, of, of uh, immune chemicals in their body. Uh, they're specifically called, called cytokines or pro-inflammatory cytokines. Right. Um, right. Now, here is the uh, um, immunity is important, but uh, too much of it can be a really bad thing. Um, so for example, we, we've all been, we've all familiar with the concept of autoimmunity, um, and, uh, and, and specifically relevant to, you know, to COVID-19 and the, and the, and the lung disorder is that you, you, you watch a lot of, you know, doctors who are describing is that, is that the thing that's most deadly is this, this sort of overreaction of the immune, of the immune response, a, right, a right. And called a cytokine storm. Yeah. For example, so there's there's a, there's a cross in you know in terminology. So a whole lot of inflammation that 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 really really hurts your lungs and uh, and and other parts of your of your of your system. Uh, I, I saw a uh, a news story on a particular on a frontline uh, uh, ER doctor in Can in uh, in in, uh, in New York City. Um, who did a lot of great work um, in in the ER? She caught the virus. Um, uh, she went home. Uh, she recovered, uh, you know, physically. Uh, you know, or, or, I mean, well, I'll, I'll qualify that. She no longer tested. They, you know, she, she, you know, she, she, technically, you know, no longer had recovered identifiable yeah. symptoms. Um, you know, they put her in quarantine for how long? And, and she said, okay, I'm ready to go back to work. Um, so uh, uh, maybe two to three weeks later, um, uh, she had severe depression. There was no, she no history of depression before. Huh. Um, and, and this was, this was, people were like, you know, this, she was really happy, you know, optimistic, bright. Um, and she suddenly had this, 
you know, she called her friends. She's like, I can't get out of my chair. Um, I'm sitting at home. And, and so that, the, you know, some people that were really panicked, you know, came, uh, came to her aid and, uh, and, and friends, you know, started watching her. But, you know, in a uh, short story, she ended up killing herself, um, you know, in, uh, a few days later. And so, you know, could that, you know, could the trauma of being a, you know, a, 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 a trauma <laughs> uh, medical person have contributed to that? Sure. But it, it also could have been an immune response to, uh, to COVID and, and the residual of that. And, and, uh, and so, wow. you know, it's all, again, it's all, it's all uh, inflammation and, and too much of it's a bad thing and it can affect your, you know, certain body parts and infect your immune system. It can, so, right. so really uh, biologically, much of it is, is regulating much of, much of, of the biological approach to, um, to, to optimizing, optimizing mental health is related to, to the, immune, the immune system and immune function. All right, well then let's talk a little bit about then um, trying to support, strengthen, uh, encourage our own immune systems through nutrition uh, and mental health, I guess, combined uh, in order to try to, right? And in order to try to strengthen ourselves in general, because I think that um, one of the things that's become pretty clear with uh, the rise of the coronavirus pandemic has been the, the many different ways in which it, uh, it affects different individuals. Some people right. are not affected at all. They don't even know that they have it. Uh, other people have very minor symptoms and, uh, that, that are unrelated to other people's symptoms. And then, you know, you have this whole different level, the whole hierarchy of different things. And so um, I think in general, that's sort of the case with life is that we're all different. We all have different, we're all very similar, but the devil's in the details, as they say, and our own bodies are all unique and they're all different. And sometimes a broad approach is not going to work uh, for everyone because we're all so unique. So Perhaps it's about individual health, taking care of your own self, learning about your own body and how it works, and and trying to do your best uh, to, to to get healthy on your own. And and you've you've had some really significant personal experience in this type of thing. So maybe we could talk a little bit about just taking good care of ourselves and really being our own doctors. Maybe. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So. Um... Uh, you know, I, I, as I said, I was trained as a, so I'm a, I'm a clinical social worker, an LCSW. I have, I have a, I have a master's in, in, in clinical social workers, in clinical social work. So I'm really, you know, so my, 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 most of the focus in my graduate training was on, on the psychological aspect of things. And that includes, you know, trauma recovery, but also self-awareness, you know, emotional management, cognitive uh, management, emotional intelligence, things of that sort, as well as social relationships. So I'm I'm also uh, a relationship counselor. Um, I help people uh, really sort of optimize the 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 health of their relationships, and and that can be you know family, that can be you know parent and child, that can be um, you know uh, you know romantic relationships, you know. Um, but um, uh, but then but the 
I really sort of, I always had in, in, uh, in, in graduate school, I always had also had a very much, a, you know, an interest in the biological aspect of things. And, you know, and it, and it occurred to me that if I really wanted to, to address, you know, uh, comprehensively address the well-being of my clients, it, it was going to require me to look at the biological as well as the psychological and the, and the social aspect of, of things. So, you know, so my, my, my education is not necessarily in a lot of, you know, it's not like in biochemistry or, or, um, or, or in biology, but um, my, uh, my, a lot of my insight into the biological aspect of, of things um, came as a result of my own personal experiences. Uh, so in 2008, um, I got multiple kinds of black mold poisoning um, and then followed a year later, uh, I got acute mercury poisoning. Um, both extremely uh, neurotoxic um, conditions. Um, I think virtually every system in my body was affected. Um, uh, and uh, particularly my neurology. Um, so uh, I went to, um, uh, you know, uh, I, I, you know, probably, you know, maybe a dozen different practitioners, um, you know, starting out with sort of the more uh, conventional, um, uh, you know, traditional Western medicine, because I had all these, and, and at the first, I didn't really know what was going wrong with me. I had, uh, I, you know, I had major breathing problems. I had major digestive and, and gut problems. I had, you know, major mental health problems in terms, you know, my, my cognition was different, maybe a little compromised, um, uh, you know, some, some depression, some anxiety, just, just things that were just sort of a little, that, were, that sort of came on uh, about the same time, an increase in all those things. Um, uh, it, it turns out in retrospect that that was sort of the, the the, the catalyst is that I, is I was exposed to um, uh, to different kinds of mold, which was confirmed later in in, uh, in lab tests. Um, but um, but then so uh, so I, I I in 2008 between 2008 to 2010 and a half uh, to you know to 11 I, I I chased a lot of doctors and various kinds of practitioners trying to figure out what was wrong with me and then once we had a, sort of a sense of what was going on um, then uh, it was finding kind of the right the right treatment prone calls that didn't make me worse um, and and there were a number of doctors that I went to who sort of thought they knew what was going on but um, but they they I ended up getting worse um, just just as a result. Um, one of those was you know how I got um, uh, and and I and I and I can't you know I I'm I, I, as a as a practitioner and provider I have to have empathy for for some of the people that 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 treated me but maybe were you know didn't didn't do as well as I had hoped they would. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, it, it's hard. It's hard to, to, to manage and you do what you think is best at the time. But, but you know, I, I, I think, um, and, 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 but anyway, I, I threw you know, some, some, Chris, yes. As, as, as a that, side note, I, I've, I've probably said this before to you, but I've always found it interesting that in medicine, 
the professionals in the in the field when they do their work they call it practicing <laughs> and, <laughs> and and uh and for and for those who go to them <coughs> they're called patients right <laughs> and, and, and and that's and that's exactly why you have to have patience because they're just practicing <laughs> and and sure. and and as much as I appreciate the knowledge uh, that the medical profession has has gathered over the many many millennia, we still don't know it all. And and uh, and again, because of the individual nature of of patients, it's it's different every time, you know. And right. Right. I think you really do need to take a absolutely personal individual approach to it which is sort of yeah. your, sort of your 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 angle i think it is it is you know you, you have to uh there's a con there's a word there's a term called bio individuality and, and that means that you have to you know in my in my opinion in order to get the best results for your for your client or your patient you have to observe them as a unique individual uh with a unique set of circumstances absolutely um all all diagnoses are not are not everything that you know even though some things may appear the same and they may produce similar symptoms that doesn't necessarily mean that the underlying causes are the same <clears throat> so you know so but, but basically i you know i was working with a doctor you know who's trying to manage my diet a little bit but then basically long story short uh, you know over over that i ended up eating too much fish specifically swordfish this was in the middle <laughs> i was already having problems with the mold and 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 yeast overgrowth and you know a gut that was just a mess and then on top of that i i added a lot of mercury <laughs> to uh by eating too much fish uh so then then i in addition to my my problems with with uh you know that were primarily caused by mold um i also had acute mercury toxicity which sort of added another level of neurological uh problems um, and, and so, so ultimately I, I, I went to, you know, one of the, one of the few doctors, um, that I worked with, uh, you know, this is maybe 2011, 2000, yeah, about 2011, 2012, somewhere around there. You know, one of the last doctors I went, went to, he's like, you know, I, I, he's like, I, I, I'm having, you know, I'm not, I don't have a, he basically said to me, I don't have enough time to figure out everything that's, that's going wrong with you. Um, and, and I think he didn't quite mean it, I, maybe like that, but, but I basically took it to mean like, okay, well, if you don't have the time, I guess it's up to me. So I'm going to have to figure this out because I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to remain like this. You know, this is not a comfortable state to be. Um, and I, and I really need to figure out how to get out of it. So um so really you know from that point and my cognition was really poor I, you know i had i had dementia i had, I had you know, severe depression sort of paranoid levels of anxiety my nervous system was a mess um and and so you know really through my research and through the guidance of uh some some very helpful uh nutrition oriented professionals in columbia um, I, through the combination of their guidance and my research, um, I've, I've, you know, I've, I've become really, really healthy again. I mean, uh, I've become much healthier. Let's say that I've still got a little ways to go, particularly in terms of recovering my immune system 
and getting it where I want it to be. But I'm I'm so much better than it was. And 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 in and in the in the process, I've learned a lot about the biology of mental health. Um, and and I and I just pass that along to my clients. I'm I'm I am uh you know when, when it, so I'm I am a, I am a trauma psychotherapist and um and I am a, a relationship counselor. Uh, when it comes to nutrition, um, I consider myself to be an educator. Um, I'm not a registered dietitian. I'm not I'm not you know a, right. a, a medical nutrition therapist. So I educate people about you know what's going on with them, and then uh, and then and then I empower them to make the decisions uh, that are best for them. Consulting, you know, and, and if we're talking about you know uh, any specific treatments, you know whether it includes diet or, or you know possible you know nutritional supplements, I I ensure that they discuss those with their doctor uh, and or their pharmacist, particularly if they're taking anything. So that's, you know, so that's, I don't prescribe anything. I, I educate. Um, yeah, so, yeah. All right. All right. Well, let's do that then. Let's talk about uh, simple things. Perhaps it could be, we're, we're talking to a lot of people here, so we can't, we can't speak individually, but there are some broader things that we can talk about in general with regard to nutrition, diet, uh, exercise, sure. supplements. Maybe sure. we can chat a little bit about those things. Um, but what I'm what I'm hoping to do is to give some people a little bit of a of a leg up on their own uh, their own challenge here to figure out their own bodies, right? Um, and and what they might be able to do just up front. That's pretty, pretty that we can kind of say as a general thing is good for everybody. You know, if you eat eat well and you uh, exercise and you try to, you know, take good care of yourself. So I guess those are sort of obvious, but maybe a little bit of specific about those types of things. Sure, sure. So, um, uh, you know, I, I, I always, um, and there's a lot of nutrition uh, professionals that I follow will talk about how, um, you know, there's sort of a, there can sometimes be a, a what they call a shiny object syndrome where we want to go straight to supplements because they're they, they're sort of exciting they do yeah they're like you know uh they, they may they're like sort of the natural version of medication if i'm going to take this supplement then it's going to fix this so well pe people um, want people want an easy out right in other words do. i mean and i mean I, and i i don't and by people i mean monkeys <laughs> you know you know i we, think it's tempting for all of us to look for a natural for an easy solution yeah, but for the simplest way first right but yeah sure and and you know and i i'm not i to be clear i am not anti-medication i i'm not ideologically anti-medication i'm for whatever works right and in some instances even in, in mental health medication is absolutely part of the part of the i agree i agree yeah uh, part of the the but um but, you, you know there are there are there are other you know when it comes to immunity you're not going to get very far with with uh with drugs it, they're just not they're just not tailored that way we have drugs that suppress the immune system but we don't have many things you know because that's if you have an autoimmune condition they're going to give you something you know if you get a you know a, a, an organ transplant they're going to give you an auto they're going to give you an immune that's uh suppressing yeah you tamper it down so that you you don't you know so that your body doesn't you know theoretically destroy itself in that way right, so right. but 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 when you're talking about immunity and balancing the immune system that's really the grounds of nutrition 
Um, that's that's going to basic, you know, basic. What does your body need in order to function uh, really well? And and so you gotta. Um, and for anybody that that uh, you know, I, like I say, I I try to refer people to really the experts in the field. And so uh, of nutrition, one of the guys I like a, a lot is named Dadis Karazian. That's wow, what a great name. D yeah, right? D-A-T-I-S-K-H-A-R-R. -R. <laughs> and then Google will fill it in. I don't know. <laughs> right. yeah. So, so uh, but anyway, he's a, he's a really bright guy. He's a Harvard researcher, uh, you know, has, uh, you know, a number of, of, of uh, professional degrees. But, you know, he... he starts with um so and and this so yeah i refer everyone to his his resources but he starts with you know and he prioritizes you know requirements for uh for immunity number one he says sleep uh get enough sleep sleep until you are no longer tired most important um, sleep Sleep, sleep, and he, he cites research that you know just just one night of 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 poor sleep or or sleep uh you know lack of sleep is 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 evident in your immune system the next day it's wow. that it's that simple if you wow. do not get the you know the required amount of sleep and honestly i think that that varies uh based upon age and person to person how like much still yeah. yeah sleep you need but 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 depriving ourselves of sleep um, is is not is not good at all. Even though right. there's and, lights of tempting things that we can do during sleepy hours, but you know. Okay, once again, time for a short break, and we'll be back with the third and final hour of Radio Orbit. It's Mike. You're listening to it here on KOPN Columbia 89.5 FM. All right, let's get back to my conversation with Chris Robinson. You're listening to it here, Radio Orbit, KOPN Columbia. An individual knows when they're getting enough sleep and when they're not getting enough sleep. I mean, right? In other words, like, or, or not? Is that maybe not a, not an accurate? Maybe, statement? maybe. I think some people have a better awareness than others. You know, a lot of people. You know, since I, I, uh, a lot of people just have a hard time. You know, this is something else because I, you know, I watch a lot of seminars on on various, you know, biological professionals talking about, you know, how to address things that I. Help, help clients with and you know and they're like oh well you just need to get more sleep well that's not always so easy for people a lot of people have trouble falling asleep right um, or wake know, up frequently or can't sleep deeply or yeah yeah so you know and a lot of people you know their their nervous systems um you know a lot you know uh, problems you know anxiety and depression those are those are you know problems falling asleep are things that definitely you know, go along with, with those conditions. And so, you know, just, you know, just saying, well, just get more sleep. That's, that's not always quite so easy. So, you know, so there are, you know, and there are various techniques that, you know, that, that, that people can try that, that I help people with, you know, to help to get them to sleep. And, and there are, you know, some supplements and nutritional things, but they're, they're really, you know, there, there are other things like various kinds of, of, uh, uh, you know, you know, meditation, body focused meditation. So things that have been around for thousands of years, really, that can can be helpful that help to regulate your nervous system. Yeah. Um, you know, Chris, um, Go ahead. I, I was thinking uh, we haven't talked about exercise yet, but I I was thinking about the I was at the at the house in Roachport this weekend. And, mm -hmm. you know, during the springtime out there, there's so much work to do. And I I. I busted my butt 
tearing up all kinds of honeysuckle and clearing land and cutting wood and burning brush. And I mean, I worked really hard uh, on Saturday day and on Sunday day. Uh, I mean, physically worked very hard. And I can say, at least for me, if I work really hard and I get that kind of physical exertion, I tend to sleep better <laughs> whether I, sure. whether I like it or not. It's like, um, and I, I think that, I think that's something that we've sort of lost in a way is just working hard, you know, and then your body gets tired and man, and you th- you're having trouble sleeping, we'll go work real hard for eight hours and you'll, you'll probably that, sleep that better. Can be, that can be helpful. Absolutely. I think there's, there's a, there's definitely a relationship between sort of physical fatigue and, uh, and, and, and being able to sleep better. Um, it's also like what your, uh, what your immunity needs when it's fighting something. Go, go to a hospital. Lots of people are sleeping, you know, that's good. You know, that's, that, that's so, I mean, you know, right. I mean, it's like, they're recovering, you know, they're, they're, they need, they're, they need that sleep babies, you know, they sleep a lot, you know, uh, they're growing, they're doing lots of stuff. It's so, uh, yeah, so sleep they're tired. Is when the body does its thing. Yeah. It is. It's sleeper when it recovers. It's when your brain detoxifies. It's when your body detoxifies. I mean, it's just you know, it's 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 a really important. It's a and and this guy, like I say, Doctor Krasian, you know, he ranks that as number one. If you, you know, if you can't do it, what's Karazian say is uh, let let's go with number two and three. Number two is uh, hydration, water. Another very simple one. Very, it's very simple, but very integral to what we, you know, our bodies are just a whole lot of water. Uh, I mean, and, and we need, uh, and, 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 and we have, we have cycles and, and we, we, we take things in, we take in oxygen and, and we flush things out. We, we just need water uh, to function well. And if cells are dehydrated, they're, they're not going to function properly. They're not going to function the way you want them to. You know, Chris, I, I read a book a long time ago by this Indian doctor, and by that I mean India as in the subcontinent, uh, right. uh, and it was about water as, uh, really as medicine, um, and, and in his research, he talked about, um, un, I forget the way he phrased it, but it was essentially about being um, uh, a not not having enough water in your system being what what's the term for it they they call it uh, dehydrated dehydrated but i think i yeah. think it's probably like um un it was like unknown involuntary dehydration where it, it was a sense or a, ca- a case where people were dehydrated but didn't know it they they, they didn't really realize it and he yeah. was saying that 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 the the body will sort of ration water in those situations when the body doesn't have enough water, it'll sort of ration it and it'll move it into the areas that need it more. And, and inflammation was a big part of this. Um, Interesting. And, and that inflammation was a result of not having enough water basically. And, 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 uh, and because water inflammation was, was related to heat and water cools things off and this type of relationship with, uh, I don't know exactly, you know, how accurate he was or if the, if the science was, is how solid it is, but in a, but in a, in a, in a heartfelt sense, it, 
it made it made sense to me uh, when I, when I read this and um, so anyway I just wanted to add that as a side note but talk a little bit more about hydration and may, maybe how how, how you know, significant it really is, and and what should people be doing to hydrate? I mean, how much is enough? And sure, good, it's a good question. I uh, I I think most of us probably are dehydrated, uh, and you know the the regular that 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 nutrition nutrition and there's there's an aspect of medicine called functional medicine, uh, which are a lot of MDs that sort of went more holistic and nutritional. There's that sort of subset of of, right, of Western right. docs, um, but you know the the the, the the measure that I hear most is that if you take your body in pounds, um, you divide that in half, and that's how many ounces you should drink per day. Per day. So yeah, so that's you know that's a lot of you know that's that's most people don't drink that, but um, but we're talking math. about I'm doing the math in my head right now, and I'm do thinking, the math. Do what the, did I drink today? That's much better for you to do than me. <laughs> I weigh 150 pounds, so 75 ounces. There's 16 ounces in a pint. That means I got to drink. Damn, I got to drink almost five pints of water. That's a, that's a quart and a quarter. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. and and uh, yeah, and so, but we, you know, we're talking about if you want to if you want to optimize your your you know your your immune system, like how much you know that's so that's you know we're talked about I'm talking about optimal. Right. Um, and so you know, and then also you got to factor in. Now, do they say? Do they say that that's like pure water, or can you drink orange juice that has some water in it? Uh, you, right. Good question. So you gotta, you gotta. First of all, you gotta pay attention to things that 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 are are liquid. Uh, but people will say they drink Coca Cola all day, yeah. right? And I'll be like, oh yeah, that dehydrate you. So for example, you know, uh, so if you have caffeine, uh, that's a diuretic. So that's going to, that's going to, you know, yeah, that's going to, you're going to expel water. Uh, I, I remember in my twenties, you know, having, uh, well, I don't know. That's, that's too personal. That's going to be more information than y'all went to. But basically I, I went to the doctor because I was, I was having, I was going to the bathroom a lot, you know, uh, multiple times a day. And I was concerned about that. And then I went to him. He's like, how much coffee are you drinking? I was like, well, a lot, pretty much all day. He's like, well, coffee's a diuretic, and so that's going to have an effect on your digestive system. And he just thought that was really funny. So, but maybe, maybe people can keep that in mind that when you drink a lot of caffeine, uh, you know, that's going to make you flush stuff out, and and you're gonna you're gonna go to the bathroom a lot more. And yeah. so, if you're gonna drink a lot of caffeine, uh, then you then you want to compensate. Yeah, you want to compensate for drinking more water. Um, so, and I think that goes, you'd say that goes with alcohol too. You know, you want to, you know, if you're, if you're drinking alcohol, you want to make sure that you balance that, uh, I mean, with, with enough water. I mean, it, you know, so many of the effects or contribution of feeling bad, you know, like a hangover is, is you, you're dehydrated. Um, that's, that's one, you know, one contributing factor. So, so it's, it's important to stay hydrated. That's, that's probably, you know, sleep one, hydration second. Um, and, you want to uh, go on? Okay, let, let's talk about. Uh, I want to talk about exercise. Is that on his list or not? Sure. No, it is. It is. Um, so let me let me talk a little bit more about diet first. Yes, I think, uh, I, I think that's that's another that's another important aspect of it. Um, you know, I do educate people 
um, uh, you know, about about dietary approaches to that that they can use to to optimize their mental health and functioning. And that usually, you know, and I don't, I don't. Only if you're interested, I'm going to talk to you about it because for, for some people, their diet is as personal as their religion. You know, I, I, they're like. You know, I've had guys before say, you know, I'm not changing my diet and there's nothing you can do about it. I'm like, cool, man. You know, we, <laughs> we, got, other things, right? we, got, we got other things we can do. And, uh, but so diet's very personal to people. So if they're interested in changing that, I, I can help them. But, you know, uh, in, in that respect, it's often, you know, as I said, going back to, you know, when I'm working with somebody, you know, and I'm looking at them from a biological perspective, I'm thinking about how can I minimize inflammation in this person and and one of the greatest contributors to inflammation is diet um one of the and and i could and i could go on a little more about that but i i, I think i want to focus just maybe on one aspect of it and it's probably the the least popular aspect of of the dietary protocol is that um you know the, the most pro-inflammatory food that you can put in your body in other words the 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 food that you eat that can cause the most inflammation, um, I'm sorry to say, is processed sugar. Um, and uh, it, 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 it is, um, it, 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 studies have shown that, that it, it, it actually, so if you, hey, let's Chris, see. Let's tell people what processed sugar is because there are okay. lots of different sugars, right? So they're like, well, which one is this? Which one's okay, which one's not? And, yeah. So, um, so sugar, well, you know, and, and I, and I have to, I'll, I'll step back a little bit. Sugar itself is problematic. Um, when it's, when it's, uh, or sugar by itself is problematic. Um, it's different when you're eating in fruit form. And I mean, but I, I mean, fruit, you know, I mean strawberry whole, or blackberry or the whole fruit. I mean the whole fruit, because even though there's, there's juice there, there's, there's fiber there to help slow, slow down the absorption. So it's not going to create quite an inflammatory response. It's not going to mess with your blood sugar, which can cause, you know, a variety of, of sort of uh, psychological or, or, or emotional complications. But um, so, but, so we're, we're, we're focusing on added sugar or sugar by itself. Um, so in other words, a, a glass, you know, a tall glass of grape juice or apple juice is not, that's not ideal either. All right. And, and if you think about it, you know, okay, if, if you, uh, you know, uh, how many apples, you know, if you've ever juiced apples, uh, it takes a lot of apples to make, you know, you're like, much juice. Yeah. You, got, you got this pile of apple carcasses in the corner and you've got like, you know, a half a glass of juice. So if, if you think about you're drinking a glass of, you know, uh, apple juice, you're drinking the juice of like maybe four or five apples. So that's a, you know, that's a big dose of sugar. At, at one imagine, time. Imagine eating four or five apples. Yes. No, I, I'm, you know, in, in college, I tried to eat like <laughs> two or three apples for a meal one time. I won't do that again. No. <laughs> it's, no. it's, not, it's not a good thing. Okay. So, All right. Uh, so anyway, so that that's uh, so, so that's an example of the whole fruit versus the juice, yeah. etc. And, and how even technically healthy sugars can be problematic. Okay. Um, now, right. you know, the, the, you know, added sugars, you know, that's, that's maybe probably what I think of when, when we say processed sugars, um, you know, things that have been added to processed foods, um, to make them taste better, um, that, you know, uh, and, and, you know, there are primary sources of that, you know, like cakes, cookies, you know, all the candy, all, all the fun stuff, uh, soda, 
you know, pies, whatever, you know, but, um, you know, let me tell you why that's bad is that, is that, um, and, and it, you know, there is, it is relevant to some degree how much you, you drink, but, um, but they've, they've shown that, um, let's see a, you know, a 75, uh, to hundred grams of, of sugar, um, reduces white blood cell activity by 40%. Um, so that means, you know, like, like, a, an, like, 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 like an immediate response for several hours. Yeah. For several hours afterwards. So yeah. Drink so a big, giant Coca-Cola. Yeah. So a 12 ounce is like a 39 gram. Yeah. 30, 12 ounces, 39 grams uh, of soda. And, you know, if you drink two of those, you're, it's going to, it's going to hurt your immune system. Um, so that's, and so if you're, if you're nursing a 12 pack of Coke or, you know, all day long, you're, you're, you're immunocompromised. I mean, that's, that's the study is, is, is showing that. And right. Right. Wow. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen research, you know, it, it's, it's not, and, but you know, it, so if there's one thing that you can do from a dietary perspective or a nutritional perspective is, is cut out the sugar and, and, I, and, I, and I, or, or significantly reduce it. Reduce. I mean, if you're looking for mental health benefits and, and I can, I can tell you that's, that's a, that is one simple but not easy necessarily intervention that people can do to, to feel better psychologically is they can eliminate uh, uh, they can eliminate processed sugar. You know, if they want to go to sugar, they have to go to fruit. And when I say eliminate, I really mean pretty. I mean eliminate. You know, I, I tell people when it, a lot of times when it comes to diet, it's like being a little bit pregnant. You really can't do it. So you, you need to go all the way that you can if you want to see results. So that doesn't mean, well, I'm, I'm only drinking a Coke, one Coke a day instead of, you know, two liters. No, that's, that's unfortunately, you're probably not going to get the results that you, that you're, that you're wanting. Right. So, um, so, and I, you know, I do tell people, I mean, man, it's, you know, sugar is hard. It's, it is an addictive drug. It absolutely is. It research shows that it functions like, like, you know, heroin or cocaine or anything else that, that stimulates, uh, you know, the, the, the stimulates the nervous system. I, the, uh, I often will tell people about a rat study where they have rats in a cage and they basically have a dispenser of cocaine, cocaine water, uh, and then they have a dispenser of, of sugar water. Um, and then they sample both. They couldn't care less about the cocaine and they drain the sugar. So, you know, that's, so think about that. I mean, you know, we've got, we've got people who, you know, are stress eaters, you know, uh, you know, they're stressing out. And, and so they turn to, uh, food and, and for for comfort, it's a very common natural <laughs> response. But sometimes it's you know it can get out of control and and you're on a you're eating sugar and then it becomes just sort of a vicious cycle because you eat sugar and you cause inflammation and you feel worse and then you eat more sugar and it and it's just sort of a vicious cycle. Okay, so let's talk about gut bacteria. I know this is related, and I know okay. I know it's super important and okay. something you know a lot about. So let's move there. Okay. Gut bacteria. Um, it is a, an emerging uh, science. Uh, you know, we basically figured out not long ago that gut bacteria is really important. Um, you will, a lot of people, you'll hear a lot of people say that, and, and the statistic I hear thrown around is like, you know, 70 to 85% of your immunity is in your gut. Um, that's so, uh, you know, depending on who you ask, um, you'll get a, maybe a different figure, but a whole lot of your immunity 
and and you know maybe an average of three quarters or more is is in your gut. Um, your your in other words, your your immunity is determined by largely by the state of your microbiome. Yeah. Uh, in our guts, we have everyone has pounds of bacteria. Um, these are these are microorganisms that live in our gut. Um, they uh, and, and sort of to sort of break it down, we have we have healthy bacteria, um, which can be described as as uh, 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 probiotic uh, bacteria. You, you hear a lot of uh, advertisements for for probiotic bacteria, right. um, but then you have basically you have pathogenic bacteria um, uh, that uh, you know that may be you know different you know, uh, like E. coli or, or uh, yeast overgrowth or, or other, you know, parasites or, or other things that, that live in our gut, in most of our guts in some form or another. But if, if there's basically, um, you know, maybe more, more bad stuff or pathogenic stuff than good stuff to sort of keep it, uh, keep the bad stuff under control, then the, then the bread, the bad stuff can proliferate and, and, uh, and then your gut becomes, uh, less healthy, more inflamed. Specifically, there's that you know there's that theme again, um, and um, your it has been shown that your your microbiome um, uh, is you know we we think about you know uh, you know the historic thing and you know, approach to disease uh, is like okay is it is it genetic or is it environmental? Um, I, in my opinion, it's almost always both. Um, we have genes, and then we have the environment, and and our, our our microbiome is is largely part of our environment. It's this tube that runs from, you know, our gut is this really long tube that runs from one end to the other, and and it's basically you know, and it's basically our our environment going through our body. It's you know, open our mouth, there it is. You know, it's all, and we put stuff into it, right. and it, and. And it shapes our environment. You know, this is what we put into our body affects our health. That that is not necessarily a, a central theme to a lot of uh, you know uh, Western medicine. In many cases, you know, it's 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 um, that's that's not a, a focus, but it's but it's true. What we eat, yeah. what, what we absorb through our environment, from our, you know. Simple. I mean, I mean, common sense when you think about it, it's like, obviously, you know, it, and you're right. Everything, everything that sustains us and makes us who we are comes in here and yeah. leaves out there. Yeah. So, yeah. It's what we eat. It's what we breathe. It's what we absorb through our skin. Uh, it's what we, you know, to some extent here. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, that's how we interact with our environment, but they've, they've been, Basically, shown that 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 directly our our microbiome um, is directly involved in epigenetics. So epigenetics being you know uh, a a a a saying that has come about um, has become more popular in sort of the functional medicine or holistic medicine uh, community is that genes are not your destiny. Um, genes must be activated, but they can also be deactivated. Uh, there there is so for example maybe the the you know, there uh, multiple sclerosis. Uh, you know, which is is considered to be a genetic disorder, and 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 it's a very, um, you know, it it it, it hurts and kills people. Um, there is a uh, a a practitioner, a holistic practitioner named Terry Walls, uh, that that uh, that I've and I think she's an MD. 
she's a PhD or MD, but anyway, but she had multiple sclerosis and she basically figured out a way um, through diet to deactivate those genes that were turned on. Um, and, and now she really pretty much doesn't have multiple sclerosis anymore. So that's an example of how genes can be turned on uh, and, and turned off, often turned on by stress, act, often activated by stress. But by looking at the gut, focusing on gut health, focusing on your microbiome, focusing on, on uh, you know, really increasing the health, you know, uh, of, of your healthy probiotic, helpful bacteria, um, you know, neurotransmitters are, you know, that, that, that balance our mood are also involved. You know, I think the statistic is like 89% of serotonin is in your gut. Um, and so, you know, interesting thing about neuro, you know, neurotransmitters is they usually have sort of a psychological or emotional uh, component, but they also have or do other stuff, either motor or motility or some other stuff like that. So, you know, there's a lot of, um, uh, you know, in the gut, uh, you know, the gut produces a lot of serotonin. Um, it produces other uh, neurotransmitters as well. There's some dopamine in there and there's some other um, acetylcholine and things like that. So um, if that's messed up, you're not going to get a lot of this, the neurotransmitters that you need, um, you know, which are, are, you know, your gut is also a part of your enteric nervous system. Um, you've got your central nervous system, which is, you, you, you know, your brain and your, your spinal cord and, and mainly, and, and then, but then you have your enteric nervous system. So your gut has its own nervous system and, and so much of, of uh, and there's a great deal of interaction between, between the central nervous system and your gut. So hence the gut brain connection. Um, well, which is, and this, this is where the gut feeling comes from. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's uh, we we have intuition, gut-based tuition. Uh, yeah. You know, that's that's my gut tells me this, my gut tells me that. Yeah, it, it might be telling you something. Yeah. Um, okay, what about? Yeah. Um, okay, so what can people do um, in a general sense to try to uh, uh, to try to uplift and try to help out their uh, their microbiome and and, and their 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 gut uh, biology. Um, diet, uh, you know, to help out. Okay. So, so diet is a, is a big deal. Um, uh, they, uh, bioflavonoids, which are anti-inflammatory. Again, there's that theme, uh, basically, you know, eating a bunch of vegetables, uh, <laughs> that, that helps to, uh, to take care of your and feed, uh, nurture your, your microbiome in a healthy way. Uh, there are other things like sugar and processed foods, not that, that don't, they, they harm it. Yeah. Um, so, and, and, uh, so that's, you know, so that's, that's a, that's a big thing. Um, you know, and then, um, uh, and then you have, uh, well, and again, what, anytime I get too far into nutrition, then there's, uh, there's always a connection with our nervous system and, and neurology. So, um, so going back to, you know, if, if we are, uh, in a sympathetic nervous state, all, all the time, um, which is, you know, in that, in that fight or flight response, um, which, which is tough not to be in, uh, in, in situations, particularly with, with a lot of, I mean, stress, chronic stress is going to do that to you. Right. And when, when, we, when we've got a, you know, a deadly virus, 
um, you know, and we don't know where it is. Uh, it's you know, it's invisible. We don't know. You know, it's funny. I had a I had a, a good friend of mine visit me the other day, and and he's a doctor. He he he's a uh, works at a. Uh, I mean, he's just a general practitioner, and 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 he's like greetings, friend, and potential enemy. You know, <laughs> which I thought was funny. It's like you know, it's just like you know, we don't. I don't know if he's got it. I don't even know if I have it. So we're going to stay six feet away and have a have a distant conversation. So you know, when you're when you're when you're in that, you know, constantly sort of navigating, you know, what you know potentially, you know, threatening situations. You know, that's going to put our nervous system in it. That's going to that's going to oh. put us in that in that fight or flight response and you know and all of us you know a lot of us depending on what sort of uh family or living situation we're in we some of us are are safer than others so you know we're already going through that thing a lot of those people are going through you know that thing at home and and then you add this this cultural level of stress which ramps all that up and that has different you know metabolic connections with it as well but ultimately it, it you know it 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 adds to our stress it adds to our 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 our, our neurological or nervous system kind of overload and and man we feel that all right let so, me let me ask you about this then um the last time we talked we 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 didn't touch on a topic that it's like super important and relevant to the current situation with regard to COVID and all this stuff. And it has to do with physical interaction and close yeah. this physical closeness between yeah. human beings. And we are social creatures. We're, we're physical creatures and we, we like to touch each other. We like to bump knuckles and we like to hug and yeah. we like kiss and yeah. we like these things. Yeah. Could you talk a little bit about the importance of that? Because I think that's being left out uh, in the yeah. conversation about what we really need to be healthy. And they're telling yeah. us that we can't do any of these things. And I think there needs to be some sort of balance laid there. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me. That, that, that's a big point. Another big, you know, sort of pillar of, of immunity is, uh, is social connection. Um, a lot of, and a lot of, um, you know, there's been been research that's come out that that correlates, you know, loneliness and isolation with lowered immunity. Um, you know, therefore, it, it is, you know, and that's and that's something that contributes to, you know, the uh, the elderly, you know, that may be living, that may oh be widows God. or whatever, and can be living by themselves. So, you know, so that that social connection is 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 really imperative um and there's a there's a really you know i'm a big fan of a particular psychologist he's a research psychologist called stephen porges uh and he developed this thing called the the polyvagal theory um which is sort of a hot topic and in, in a lot of a lot of holistic health right now <clears throat> but um but he talks about uh the idea of what he calls co-regulation um and that is that is that is social connection and social relationship that is helping to regulate our immunity. Um, goes back to as early as you know when. So and, and he focuses primarily on on uh, you know that that this co-regulation comes through hearing someone's voice, um, and it comes to uh, through seeing their facial expressions, 
and um, and and it starts basically when we are in our mother's wombs and we hear her voice, um, and it's hopefully uh, you know it, it stimulates us, but and hopefully uh, it's it's have, has some comfort in it. But there's there is that that relationship begins at a very early age that that social uh, connection. Um, you know, uh, and then, you know, and then we're, we're born and, uh, uh, and then that relationship continues, uh, with our mother and, and maybe, you know, and the, the close relationships when we're feeding, um, and that touch and that sense of, you know, if you've, you know, heard, you know, studies about, you know, children that were left alone in nurseries and fail, failure to thrive and, and that didn't have get, you know, babies, infants that didn't get the touch, and the connection they need, they, they, a lot of them die and, or, or are developmentally yeah. uh, damaged in, in, in significant ways. So, you know, so there is that, that aspect of co-regulation um, that is important to immunity. Um, what, you know, what I, I guess maybe a big concern that I have right now is not only are we, are we physically um, separated uh, from people, you know, by, you know, following the social isolation you know mandates or, or encouragements uh you know that so that 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 physically separates us which is which is hard um you know as you mentioned we're social uh we're social creatures you know even in prison when they want to punish you what do they do they put you in isolation and even though prison's not a great place socially to begin with it's kind of you know arguably worse if you're if you're by yourself for months at a time and, and have no interaction with you know anybody else i i don't know you know that's it's it's definitely considered to be uh, you know, a punishment, a, a downer. Uh, so that, so, so, you know, social intimacy and connection is important. And, and here's the, here's the thing, you know, uh, culturally in recent years, the primary mode of, uh, communication has been, uh, through, you know, texting, um, or, or messaging or, or social media, um, uh, media, uh, communication media that does not necessarily involve hearing someone's voice or seeing their face, um, and 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 the the uh, the effect, the regulatory effect that it has from from talking to somebody, interacting with them in real time by hearing their voice, somebody that you love, some somebody that you care about, somebody that you can connect with, um, and or seeing their face has has. Uh, affects us in pro health ways uh, that that does not occur when we're just texting somebody or when we're just messaging somebody. And I'm guessing um, we don't really even understand those types of things fully yet. I mean, that's we're we're just kind of starting to and kind of figure out, you know. And and it's and it's and it's tough because that's you know we've got we got you know many options to uh, to communicate have come about in the last. 10 years or so there's a new one it seems like every you know i don't know 15 yeah, minutes or something look at us right yeah. now, doing this on zoom you know and like yeah so you know so it's like how do we best you know but i don't think we've, we've caught up with how how can we best use those communication media and you know in the healthiest way so um so i i would encourage people you know to um, uh, you know, to text less and talk and, and, and interact more either through phone, audio, um, or, or Zoom or video chat, 
Um, it, it's just, I think it's, I've seen studies that just suggest that it's healthier. I enjoy it more. I've made more of a concerted effort. You know, I don't get to see a lot of my friends these days. And, uh, and, and while, it, you know, interacting through text is better than nothing. I don't, I honestly don't get as much out of it. I'm a musician. I'm very auditory focused and hearing voices uh, that are people I love and care about does more than me than just, it does more for me than just receiving a text. Right. And we all have busy lives and I understand that. And sometimes we, you know, we just communicate via text and that's great, but it, it, the quality of your communication is going to come when you, when you can actually, you know, take the time out for each other and just give each other uh, some time and, and, and at least hear their voice. Maybe it'd be a good idea to get a headset so you're not putting up your 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 pocket computer up to your brain all the time. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> that might be a problem too. <laughs> studies suggest so so yeah. Talk more. Maybe get maybe get a little you know ear thing for your you know attachment for your phone and maybe maybe do that more. And then and then you can zoom, um, video chat like we're doing now. And, uh, you know, that's, that's become a new thing that's in my practice. And I, maybe I should state that, you know, I, all my appointments are online. I have an entirely online practice. I have 30 appointments a week and they're all done via zoom. Um, and, and my attendance has increased by like 10%. And, and basically everything, everybody seems to be okay with it. So, but, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate in that I do get to sort of, I do get that social connection because I see, you know, almost 30 different people a week, you know, it's their, it's a professional relationship, but at least I, I still get to hear, you know, friendly, uh, you know, uh, interactions and exchanges uh, from people, you know, that, that live outside my home. So, um, but I would, but yeah, that, that social connection and social intimacy is another important uh, aspect and pillar of, of immunity. So reach out, connect with people, um, you know, as, as much as you can. Um, you know, uh, it's easy to get lazy and, 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 you know, just get into your own thing and, 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 you know, neglect to make contact. But, you know, I would encourage you to maybe try to push yourself anyway, try to check on somebody else that, that may be by themselves. And, and, and I think it could help both you and them. So, okay. Um, All right, we're we're getting close to the end of our time here. What sure. um, what have I missed? What else would you like to talk about that we haven't touched on? Um, let's see. Exercise. Uh, that's that's one other thing. Uh, you know, your your lymph system is a is an important part of your uh, biological part of your uh, your immune system. So your lymph nodes uh, store white blood cells and, and it basically require muscular contraction, you know, and move, you gotta move it. You don't have a heart in your lymph system. Move it, move it. I got yeah, it. you gotta, exactly. So, you know, dance, you know, when I, when I ask people if, if they exercise, I'm like, is there anything that you, in movement and, uh, you know, oriented that you enjoy doing? Do you <laughs> like, you know, you, do you like to dance? All right. Okay. So, you know, maybe maybe put on some music. You know, when nobody's around. Just rock out. Just dance like silly for yeah, fifteen. Yeah, jump around, enjoy yourself. Right. Yeah, play. You know, play is important. Physical aspects of play. That's and the psychological aspects. You know, with kids. It's more of a physical thing. Yeah. But we can do that too. Right. Um, I think. I think. I think the reason that kids don't need to work out is because they play. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. I mean, they don't, they don't need a structured workout program because they're always playing and they're always getting exercise. They're always using their arms or legs, these different muscles because they're doing all these different things. We, sure. we don't play enough anymore. So we got to actually plan our workouts to get that. Yeah, done. yeah, exactly. And so that's, which is a, you know, so, uh, which is an interesting segue. So yeah, you, got, you need movement to really optimize your immunity and get your lymph system flowing and, and working. And, and it's also, there's also an anti-inflammatory effect. Uh, as well from exercise um, also gives you know if depending on you know it can you know different kinds of exercise do different things um, uh, you know yoga for example and breath work and different things like that can, uh, can stimulate your vagus nerve uh, which is another one of my favorite topics that, that I could bore somebody to tears and tell them way more information than I ever want to know about it for hours at a time but I won't let's, let me, let's, wait, let me say go for it Let's do a quick intro. Wait, wait, wait. What? Go ahead. No, I got. We got to hear more about the vagus nerve. Okay, finish okay. what you're gonna say. Okay. And let me go back to the vagus nerve. Remind me. Okay, so, uh, so, you, so you have physical movement which activates, you know, the, the lymph system and is anti-inflammatory. But we were talking about play. So the other aspect of play is what's called the innate opioid response. All right, that's feeling good. That's that's doing what you can to loosen up. Like I say, in a opioid response, that's not shooting heroin. That's not you know whatever. It, it's it's generating the natural opioid and pleasure response system in your body to the best you can. So that's playing games, you know, laughing, watching a funny movie. Uh, movie that raises immunity as well. So that's you know do what you can to to, to feel good and and you know have a good time and and so. Did you want to comment on add to that? Well, I I wanted to. I wanted to ask about a, a simple uh, or at least a brief description and explanation of the vagus nerve and its, yes. uh, its actual uh, function. And yes. then um, I was going to add at the end of that, that that's going to be our, our next band name is going to be Vegas. <laughs> that's a, I think it's a fantastic band name. So, yeah. Right. Right. All right. Yeah. And so, so, and so, Okay, so the vagus nerve is your 10th cranial nerve. Uh, it runs, basically starts in kind of the, you know, starts in, in your, your brain stem and, and branches out and, and it sort of has branches that kind of go, you know, the vagus connects through some nerves in your ears and your eyes. But the vagus itself really uh, basically starts in your brain, wraps around your larynx, you know, goes into your, your, your lungs and your heart. Um, you know, connects most, most of your major organs all together. Um, and, it, and it ends up in your large intestine. It ends up in your gut. Um, wow. The vagus nerve is, is you know, it's, uh, as a health geek, it's probably my favorite anatomical feature right now uh, because it does so much. It is so significant. Um, so from a nutritional aspect, it is responsible basically for the gut-brain connection. All right, that's it's a bi-directional nerve. That's so you've got your brain, you got yeah. your gut. Yeah, it runs, you know, what affects your brain, what goes in your brain affects your gut, what goes on your gut affects your brain. So for example, you know, the and I you have examples where I'll illustrate that, you know, if you're stressed, uh, then maybe you have to spend 15, 20 minutes in the bathroom. Uh, because you have a you have a gut reaction to that. Um, and then you know, the other way. Uh, say, you know, if you, if you take a shot of whiskey or, or you, uh, or you eat, you know, slam 
and icy and you get brain freeze, that's a, that's a reaction in your gut that's affecting your brain. Uh, and, and, and again, uh, you know, diet, you know, we've talked about sugar, you know, one, you know, sugar messes with you a couple of ways, you know, it, it messes up your, your blood, you know, lots of sugar messes up your, your blood sugar levels, but it also creates an inflammatory response in your gut. And then because of the vagus nerve, uh, if you have an inflamed gut shoots up to the brain, you can have an inflamed in an inflamed brain. So, um, so there, there's, there's that. What's that? I said I got an inflamed man, brain in the membrane. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, okay, but then the other aspect of, you know, I look at things from a, a nutritional perspective, but then I also look at things from a neurological perspective and your, and your nervous system. So the other thing that your vagus nerve does is it regulates your entire autonomic nervous system, all right? Everything that you do that you don't think about, the primary mechanism to regulate all that is your vagus nerve all right so sleeping eating breathing yeah i mean in digestion i mean that's involved again you know that if you're if you're uh if you're in a sympathetic state um you know which is part of your autonomic autonomic nervous system you're in that fight or flight state uh if you're in a parasympathetic state in your autonomic nervous system you rest and digest so so it's all it's all connected. It's all connected there. One of my big problems uh, that that uh, you know I did a lot of you know in recovering from the the the, the mold poisoning and the and the mercury poisoning, I did a lot of things biochemically and nutritionally that 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 got me very far. But I didn't finish. You know, I didn't get further close to to healing until I really addressed. Uh, the the health of my vagus nerve, uh, and you know my neurology. I you know really you know my body was uh, was so traumatized um, physically and you know you know just emotionally having to go through that whole experience. It was it was difficult. You know I like I say I, I started out I had dementia I had severe depression and severe anxiety. At this point my my depression is pretty much gone. Uh, my anxiety is minimized and I really don't have dementia anymore. And, and, and I'm going to continue to approach, you know, like I do with my clients, I'm going to continue to approach that from different angles of myself, get to get to the point where, where, where my health, my mental health and functioning has been optimized, but as well as my immunity as well, because I'm, I'm still uh, primarily due to due the, the integrity of my vagus nerve, which, which still needs some health nurturing and work, my, my immunity is still low. So, you know, that's another reason why, why I'm just not going out for a while <laughs> and why I'm staying in. And, and it's, I'm, I'm kind of technically in that, in that vulnerable uh, population. So, um, you know, just like my parents who are in there, yeah. you know, who are 30 years older than I am. Um, so, you know, so it's, it, so, so the vagus nerve does a lot of great stuff. And also, uh, it, it just sort of tie it in. That's, uh, you know, when we talked about co-regulation, um, that's, you know, we want to be in that ventral vagus state. You know, we don't want to be in that shutdown uh, state. We want to be in the ventral, which is, which is sort of the, the, the connection part of our parasympathetic response. So that, um, you know, when we can connect, when we're in that ventral vagus spot, that's, that enables us to connect with others. And, and there are other people who have been, 
you know, traumatized a lot where, where they're more in that, in that dorsal shutdown state. Um, because that, you know, because trauma and abuse affects our, our right. neurology and, 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 and can, uh, can affect our ability to form healthy relationships. You know, as a relationship counselor, um, you know, I, I work with couples and families, but I also work with people individually because a lot of times in, if, if there's, you know, people to, you know, married couple, for example, are, are having problems in their relationship. One person may have a history of uh, abusive relationships, which affects how they <clears throat> see the other person or interact with them in that particular relationship. So a lot of times um, <clears throat> I will work individually with a member of a, of a, of a, a couple to help them sort of recover uh, from previous trauma. And then they're able to, you know, their nervous system is in better shape to sort of form the, the intimacy that, that, that they want. And that their and then their partner wants them often to have. So, so that's my that's my spiel on the vagus nerve. And then the bad joke that I usually give is, what happens in the vagus does not stay in the vagus. So, you know, it's a, it's a nervous, yeah, it's a nervous system thing. And and uh, and like I say, it it's uh, it, it regulates a lot. I mean, uh, sort of, uh, you know, there's and this is a whole another topic, but you know, a lot of the 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 yogi practitioners uh like yogananda and and uh you know from the 50s you know they he was quoted as saying your nervous system is the path to god you know uh and so uh but there's i think there's some suggestions that that the vagus nerve itself and and uh breath stimulation uh controlled breathing can also stimulate the vagus nerve so there may be i i think i think we're only under it's i know it's related to to memory um, because they've cut the vagus nerve in mice and the mice can't remember stuff. So, I mean, it's, it's huge. It's an integral, the vagus nerve is an integral part of your neurology, which is an, a fundamental foundational part of your, your biology. So, so it's, it's kind of cool to well, think about. I'm, I'm always, I'm always fascinated to learn stuff and I'm always fascinated how much I don't know. And, and how, me too. And, I mean, yeah, you, you know, and, Especially when it comes yeah. to, you know, our 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 human biology, neurology, or brain chemistry, all this stuff—it's so fascinating and and so uh, mysterious at the same time. Still, so right. Um, I, what, lo I, lo I love what you're doing, Chris. Thank you. Can I add just one more thing? Yeah. Uh, they, you know, uh, you know, we're all health is at you know uh, on the top of our minds these days. And, and, and a lot of us are, are, are scared, you know, on a macro level, you know, what are we going to do? How are we going to handle this crisis? You know, and, and I don't, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily want to get political, but, you know, there, I think there, there is, there, there, are, I don't want us to limit ourselves to, to pharmaceutical solutions to this crisis and pandemic. Um, in other words, there are nutritional approaches that are very, very effective. Uh, and, 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 that, and that means focusing on building immunity. That doesn't necessarily mean germ theory when you're going after and you're, how are we going to kill this thing? But you can also build your, your immunity. And uh, for people that do those, from, from, do that from an oral, that's, you know, I, I have people that I work with that do testing and and they can really get down to the nuts and bolts nutritionally what's going on with a person, you know, look at genetics, look at, 
nutrients, look at enzymes, look at, you know, so that, so don't, let's not forget about that. And I'm, and it's, and it's almost an ethical thing and I, and I'm not going to get too no. far out there, but, no. but, you yeah. know, but, but it's something that I feel strongly about because I, it's another option that, that a lot of people are not always considering or exploring right. and, yeah. and, and is often, and, and is often discounted. Uh, and, and, and I think there are certain, uh, entities that want to discredit, um, uh, you know, either, you know, whether it be more naturopathic or osteopathic or nutritional or traditional Chinese medicine. I saw an article, a headline in Forbes that just sort of angered me. And, and, and just the way the headline was framed, was framed is like, you know, is something about did the, did the you know, the WHO's endorsement of traditional Chinese medicine was somehow, they wanted to connect that with, uh, you know, the outbreak of the pandemic in China. And I got to tell you, I'm, that, that just traditional Chinese medicine, acupuncture, it's a really well, thoroughly, you know, credible research backs it up. You know, it's, it's a very, it's a very effective uh, mode of, of treatment. I've seen it, uh, an acupuncture puncture for years. Um, it's, it's very helpful. I can show you the journal articles. I can show you the research. That's a soapbox issue of mine that I don't want to get. No, but I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I think that acupuncture for, for example, absolutely effective if it's done by somebody who knows what they're doing. And the problem is a lot of this stuff is taken over and then, and then, and then it gets bastardized, you know? Um, yeah. But I will say uh, also that uh, I, I, I agree with you with regard to uh, the, the boosting of our, of, our, of our own immune system. That's the bottom line. That's your, that's your last line of defense, all right? You can, yeah. you, can, you can wait for the government to come up with something to help you or to save you or whatever, um, but that's... I, I mean, that's throwing the dice. And, and I can tell you something that maybe Chris wasn't going to tell you, but there's a lot of money involved. There's a lot of agenda involved. And every time there's a new virus, there's a new uh, quest for a vaccine. And every time there's a vaccine mentioned, you can imagine billions of dollar signs in your head whenever you hear the word vaccine. And whenever you hear the words or, or the... Uh, you, ever, you hear the three letters together, CDC. Uh, just think of that as a dot corporation, as a, a vaccine corporation. The CDC owns, I don't know how many vaccine patents and makes so much money off of vaccinations. And so you have to be very careful about what, 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 what information, you know, you, you, you take as, as sacrosanct and, and, I think it goes back to what you and I were saying, Chris, at the beginning of our conversation. Take charge of your own health. Learn about your own body. Do the best you can to figure out what you can about your own self. And then go out there and find other people that can help you because uh, it's true. Oftentimes we do need help. We do need help. I mean, we don't have all the answers ourselves and we don't have all the medicines and we need help sometimes. But, but it, would be, it would be helpful to learn a little bit on your own before you go out there seeking help so you can so you can kind of do the best for yourself
Yeah, yeah. I, and, and again, just to, just to reiterate, I'm not anti-medication. I'm for whatever works. You know, I'm like, all right, we got a big health problem. Pharmaceutical, go. You know, osteopaths, go. You know, uh, traditional Chinese medicine, go. Let's all get together. Let's, whatever let's works. Thing, whatever works. Let's combine it. But let's not get ideological and let's not weed out other other solutions because you know if, if herd immunity is our only you know uh solution to this thing or herd immunity and and vaccinations i'm afraid that a lot of people are going to die until that happens or in that process as we and that's not okay if there are other ways to do this and you know uh dadis karazian is one guy a resource that you can go to there's a uh, another functional medicine guy named Dr. Alex Vas Vasquez. He has wrote a book that was called Antiviral Nutrition, which strangely is, is harder to find right now. Um, places are suddenly not carrying it. I, I don't, you know, I really don't oh. know exactly what that's about. But but some sometimes things that are, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I don't yeah. So I, but anyway, you know, so I'm, I'm not anti-medication, but I think there, there is, um, you know, there is an immunity, there is ways to build your immunity. Uh, I have, I have some colleagues that, that, you know, are, are working with my parents right now. I have a colleague in Detroit and, and my parents are seniors and she's working with them to optimize their immunity um, because that's an option. You know, immunity itself on a biological level is that's the area of nutrition it's nuanced you're looking at the the individuality of the person you look at the fundamental level of what's going on and that's that is another way to to address this talk to a good functional medicine nutrition oriented practitioner that that is another way to you know in addition to the psychological and social aspects of immunity that you know that i've gone into more detail about um uh, about here tonight there that's the other way you know instead of that's another way to to you know get get more down and dirty and and detailed with your immunity is to work with somebody you know who does that and and does the testing that you can find out exactly what's going on it with your body and what tweaks and changes you need to make in order to to boost your immunity so that if you get this thing then you're you're going to survive and and yeah, so. All right, I think that's I think that's what it comes down to, Chris. So. All right. All right, my brother, that was fantastic. And uh, okay, you you mentioned um, two physicians that you refer to once again. Those names again, Tadis. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Dadis Karazian. He Dottis he's Karazian. a he's a, a functional a functional medicine guy. Okay. Um. You know, specializes in autoimmunity. Um. <coughs> So he's, you know, I, I, so he specializes in immunity as well. You know, these are the guys that are, have, you know, it takes years to get in to see him. And, and, but he, he has a sort of a protocol that he's put online. Uh, you know, Dr. Alex Vasquez, who's gotcha. a teacher in, in, the, uh, in the functional medicine, uh, the Institute of Functional Medicine, which provides a lot of training for, for doctors and other um, and other people um so you know okay. it's well, that's, well, and 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 you yourself if people want to get in touch with you if they want to get yeah people, you know you know and, and yeah and and so they're and honestly they're and we didn't get too much into this but a a trauma therapy that i do called emdr yeah. um yeah. I, I think they're, they're I, have, strong. I, I have personally i have personally benefited from emdr i must say Good. 
Yeah. Good. And, and I, I think there, there's strong indications that it, that helps to balance uh, immunity as well, um, as well as and it helps to balance the nervous system. It's, you know, it's the one, uh, the one uh, ther therapy that's shown in research that can actually make PTSD go away. Um, I get to see that like the majority of the people that I work with who come to me with PTSD don't have PTSD uh, after we're finished working together. Um, I, I say that with humility. I did not invent the technique. I just practice it and I get to see great healing and transformation in the way that I use it. Um, I can also, you know, I've, I've helped people recover um, from depression. There's, uh, you know, where they, they don't, they no longer meet criteria for depression. There's research to support that uh, in, you know, uh, in, in, in the literature, uh, anxiety as well. So I, I, that's one of my primary techniques that I, that I use to help, you know, optimize community, uh, immunity in addition to the nutritional education and, uh, you know, the relationship counseling. But yeah, if people want to see me right now, my, uh, my office, I, I used to be, uh, sort of live between, uh, Columbia, Missouri and Sedalia, Missouri. Uh, my practice is currently, uh, uh, if we can, if geography is still relevant these days, uh, it's currently in Sedalia. Uh, but you know, I, I see again all online, and and now I'm I'm sort of expanding uh, to people throughout the country. Um, you know, I'm sort of starting to nationalize my practice because it, whether you're across the street or you're in London or you're in Washington D.C., it's it's pretty much the same. You know, because I'm going to be I'm going to be interacting with you through a screen. Um, and, but yeah, my name is Chris Robinson, uh, and you can find me, I'm in a psychology today directory. So if you, if you type in, find a therapist into Google, um, uh, psychology today is, is probably if you enter my name, Chris Robinson or, or you enter, uh, so I, I technically live in Sedalia, Missouri, which is about an hour from Columbia for the Colombians, you know, listening. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying uh my, my practice i get a lot work with a lot of really interesting and great people and and get to help them recover and 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 uh do help them to you know to do their best in these in these difficult times so um you know chris robinson lcsw in sedalia missouri um yep all right well i'm gonna make sure i put a link up on my website as well so people can connect with you if they need to cool yeah and um you're awesome, Chris. I appreciate everything you've done. We've been friends for a long time for people who aren't familiar uh, with either of us, but Chris and I have known each other for a long time. We've been through a number of things together and he's a good man and knows a lot about life and, and what it's like to be a human being in this world. So take what you, what you heard tonight and put it in your, put it in your pocket and, and do what you will with it and uh, uh, try to stay safe. And, but also, you know, remember the things that Chris is talking about, you know, we, still need to be human in the middle of all this so stay uh, connected and connected so anyway you're my brother i love it i'll talk right to you. on all right brother talk to you soon man i love you man cheers all right love you too all right bye-bye all right that's all for the program tonight i hope you've enjoyed it thanks for listening come on back next week it's radio orbit on kopn columbia my name is mike hagan find me on the web at mikehagan.com <laughs>